and we are live. Welcome back to the country's experience. For those who are new to this podcast, expect to hear a reasonable dialogue on any and everything. We here at the TTM headquarters work hard to provide you guys quality and accurate information. So in doing so, if you want more content or have questions, please follow our Instagram page, the conscious experience underscore underscore. So with that being said, uh, this episode will be on another financial segment that targets the monster in the uh, closet for most millennials, and that is student loans. Yes, I said it. And I am joined here by the family, as always. My brother, my right-hand man is in the building. What's up, B-Lap? Yo, what's good, everybody? And we got the financial guru in the building as well. What's good, Regis? What's good, man? What's up? What's up? (laughs) So let's get straight to it. Um, Most people... Most millennials have history in debt already. Uh, I know for myself, I do. And I, uh, I'm i not too sure about Brian, but I think you do as well, Regis. Uh, what is your history with debt? Um, so, yeah, man. So, um, really do the debt. The majority of my debt comes from student loans, um, which is the topic I want to talk about tonight. Um, just because it's a, it's a serious issue. Uh, we're getting to the point where um, what's called shadow banking, which we'll talk about later. Um, topic as well, but basically, man, student loans is, is something that needs to be addressed, right? Um, $1.6 trillion um, is attributable to student debt. Um, there's no way of getting rid of it. So a lot of people don't know is that even though you can declare, you know, bankruptcy, right? Um, student, loans, student loans don't go away. So that's a problem. Um, so a little bit of background for me is that um, during high school, I was recruited because uh, I played football with lap. And, you know, I was, I was recruited by some decent schools. Um, it just has to happen to be I was actually recruited by a lot of Ivy League schools. So Harvard, Princeton, Yale, um, you name it. The thing is, yeah, I had a score high, right? Unfortunately, I'm not a really good test taker to tell you that for a fact. I'll never lie to you. So long story short, I did get into those schools and then I'm going to community college. Um, but with every setback, there's always a setup for success, right? So everything's happens for a reason. There is no coincidence. That's what I believe in. And, and here I am today. Um, the average statistic uh, for students coming out right now for debt is about 34,000, 35,000. Um, I'm way below that. I have a little bit over 8,000 student debt that I can pay off in about a year, a year and a half. I'm not really impressive with it. Um, I have a lot of that to thank for um, the low cost of community college and the scholarships I received from community college and the university that I still attend finish you up um, in less than 40 days. Majority of those student loans was uh, just to fund a lifestyle, to be honest with you. Luckily, um, I didn't really go deep into it. Obviously, that's when I was 18, 19 years old, so I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. So that's really my history with debt. <laughs> Like similar to you, uh, Regis, I was, again, someone who was young and had no idea what they were doing with their finances. I actually opened up a credit card. Mm. My mom actually opened up for me. and It was like a birthday present and kind of like a sending off away to college. And I had like a uh, account. Right. (laughs) You know, I'm going right. You know, I'm going. (laughs) So I opened up with um, 500. 
and uh, basically was just used for emergencies, right? If I if I needed something really fast or really quickly, so a necessity, I would use the credit card if I had no excess funds to go get it. But you know, being eighteen, being nineteen, you eat out a lot, you meet a lot of people, peer pressure, you get influenced to do crazy shit. So I probably spent up to sixty percent of uh of the amount that was given which was 500 probably just on takeout takeout and um and uh video games so (laughs) imagine that imagine that and i actually spent up 98 percent of my funds um so it was uh it was it was it was intense because i just felt like i had a credit card like i just got a credit card and and you know i'm spending here and there spending here and there i'm still thinking i got like 300 left you know i didn't spend too much and shit i'm 98 in the hole so what i did was i got real discipline i i actually hid my credit card under my bed was never going to use it again and i just got really aggressive with the payments whenever i got extra money from scholarships uh i would i would put that money back and uh and get really aggressive and start paying off my credit card and i'm happy to say that i owe nothing so ah there we go that's that's a round of applause right there that's just a round of applause (laughs) i'm trying to get like y'all boys (laughs) so yeah first years of college i was on scholarship and then even before then um so have y'all seen like the commercials for like gerber like a penny yeah. and all that yeah, type of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I basically had a plan like that. So I had, it's called Florida prepaid. And so okay. um, if uh, basically, if you go to a uh, in-state school, you know what I'm saying? You basically have the tuition basically like paid for up to a certain amount. <clears throat> so it's almost like how somebody has like health insurance, their insurance just pays like the adjustment. So it's like tuition is like way cheaper. So I had that going on. And then um, when I graduated high school, um, I had my dad had like a mutual fund, like saved up for me as well. So like basically like off rip, like that first year was basically like I was straight because like I wasn't getting financial aid at all. So like it was basically just like what we already had like planned out. So it wasn't really until my senior or not even my senior year basically like I quit playing football my sophomore year and so my junior year I was off scholarship but I still had the Florida prepaid and so then it was more out of more so out of pocket but it was like my dad I got like a credit card and so I was just like I one time I ended up using it but the limit was like I think the limit was like 2000 or something like that and there was a point, like my last semester when I was at FAM, where the deadline to like pick classes was coming up, and like I didn't have the money, so I was like, "Fuck!" So I just decided to use the credit card. And then my last year, obviously, you know, what I'm saying when you retake, so for Florida prepaid, it goes you you have 120 credits on the dot, so basically enough to graduate that's already paid for. But you know, what I'm saying if you got to retake a class. You know what I'm saying? You have to, like, pay that back. So, like, my last semester, like, when I was graduating, I'm having to pay because I, I think I retook, like, I want to say three classes in my college career. So I had to, like, basically pay that difference back. Mm. That's what's up. 
I I hear a lot of uh, stories, uh, close friends actually who are up in that average range, Vegas, where where like that thirty thirty five thousand range, and man, it they're they have jobs um, like the nine to five traditional nine to fives, but then they're only getting like nineteen an hour, and and they're hoping they get promoted and stuff like that. But <clears throat> I mean, you're gonna need a lot to get that. To get that cut down, you know, to to start uh, doing like aggressive payments, so it's tough. So yeah, man. So and, and that's another thing to bring up as well. So well, the first thing is like the the the, the issue w- what I have personally, and, and the issue that I'm sure a lot of people have. And keep in mind, that's just an average statistic, right? You know, people in the 35 to 40 range. There's people who have six, you know six-figure debts, right? And, and usually a lot of them have to do with, you know, becoming lawyers and doctors, right? You're going to rack up that amount of debt. But some people, you know, rack up that amount of debt, you know, on a psychology degree, you know, something not, not 95% you're not going to be able to use, right? Or you have to go back to school to get a PhD to even have some type of relevance or some type of competitiveness in, in, in that in that field of market. I'm not picking on psychology degrees. It's just, you know, that's just a general thing then that's usually the case with you know general psychology you know sociology any of those degrees that you know versus a engineering degree which i know i'm an all method get a return on my investment right because that's something that's needed right now that's something that you know everybody wants always to build something we're always looking to invent and, and be new and, and futuristic and all that all the good jazz um exactly. the, the the problem i have is when and so I'm going I'm to bring a lot of the Dave Ramsey um, mantra here. Um, and I noticed you, Therese, you said that you uh, cut up your, uh, you put your card away or cut it up or whatever had me be. That, that reminded me of the, of the Dan, Dave Ramsey solution. So if you guys don't know what Dave, Dave Ramsey is, he's been, he's been a, a financial group for a very long time. There's a guy uh, called Chris Hogan who also works from. So Dave Ramsey always talks about cutting up your credit cards and not spending and using what's called the snowball effect. Um, in hindsight, the snowball effect is basically you start off with your smallest balance, and then, you know, let's say, I don't know, it's $500, right? And you pay that off, and then let's say you have a $1,000 debt and a $2,000 debt, right? So you pay the minimum payments for that, and you aggressively attack debt, right? Because it's all about momentum, according to Dave Ramsey and his team. And once you pay off that, you know, um, credit card, um, you take that a balance plus the minimum payment, so it'll be five twenty-five, and then attack aggressively the thousand, and then you keep doing it until you snowball all the debt. That's the theory. That's the thesis behind it. So, again, the the problem I have is when you're eighteen, you are sitting in front of your guidance counselor, and you're trying to think of college options. And unfortunately, it's a business, man. Let's just be real here. Because what they do is they say, hey, you know, you should be looking at colleges. You know, what's your SAT scores? What's your ACT scores? And here's the thing. If you're not a good test taker, you're not going to get a good test taker. I mean, that's just how it is in life. We're, 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 not all the, we're not all the same. We're not all the different. So if you're not really a good test taker as I was, you're not going to qualify for those scholarships, right? So, you know, back in high school, I don't know if it's changed, but a lot remembers too – 
you know, your sophomore year, you go to the auditorium and, you know, when we went to high school and you take what's called the PSAT, right? It's the, it's basically the pre-screener before the SAT, right? And if you scored high on this one, you could be eligible for scholarships, right? So if you score high in the ACT, SAT, you could be, you know, eligible for a full ride. Luckily, there's a, a company out there that helps you, you know, perform better. But, you know, for guys like me, you know, that opportunity didn't exist, right? I had to learn for myself. I didn't have the financial resources. I didn't have the tools. I didn't have the direction to learn all this. So you're sitting there trying to figure out where you want to college. Um, and then, you know, guys kind of say, well, won't you go to, you know, these top brand name schools? I'm not going to name any because, you know, you can you can use your imagination. But, you know, but, you know, what about, oh, well, you know, what about going to community college, right? It's cheaper. And, you know, a lot of them are like, well, you don't want to go there. You're not going to. You're not going to get a good paying job. Well, just because you go to community college doesn't mean you can transfer, right? You know, at the end of the day, your degree says where have you got the university from. It doesn't matter where you went to community college from, right? So I think the the the, the tonality and the perspective needs to change on that, right? We should be encouraging our our, your, our youthful generation to go to community college, right? It's cheaper, and the level of degree is still as high as if I were to take a, a English comp. At a high-end university, right? I still had to work for my grades. It wasn't just handed to me. I still actually physically had to work for it, right? So, you know, having that expectation to say, hey, you know, or maybe college isn't for you. I'm 100% for trade schools, right? You can make a lot of money in trade schools. You know, electricians, you know, they make 30 an hour. You could be a welder. You can be a gas pipeline working up in North Dakota or Alaska, you know, making buku money um, because these are jobs people want to do. Um, and you know, you back to, exactly. And you know, going back to you know the the second part of our the financial literacy podcast, I talked about going to trade school, starting on your own carpenter business, starting your own electricity business, and you start being becoming successful that way. So there are different routes you can take. It's just a matter of having the right people to guide you to that way. So that's what I would say for you know young up and coming. If you feel like you know. You know, you looked at the numbers and the numbers don't lie. You're like, okay, well, if I go to this college, right, I'm probably going to have to take out a loan for $10,000. That's a bad move, right? Mm -hmm. Especially if you're going to get a degree that's not going to automatic return on investment, right? So for me, luckily, I have an accounting degree. That's a return on investment because I know everybody needs an accountant. People don't want to sit there and do taxes and and look at financial statements all day. People want to grow the business, right? My job is needed, right? And Another thing is, um, <clears throat> like I said, I don't I don't endorse anyone politically on here, but Andrew Yang is the most uh, common sense candidate, right? And the reason why I say this is because he brings up the truth, right? It's not immigration that's taking over jobs; it's automation, right? You know, you you got robots um, that are being built by companies. One of them's Boston Sciences Corporation, right? They're building medical devices and, and human-sized robots. To, you know, take care of human needs, right? You know, you got the self-driving trucks that are going to occur, right? Elon Musk even talked about artificial intelligence on Joe Rogan's podcast. He even talked about it in his interview, in his uh, duo, duo interview with Jack Ma, CEO of Alibaba. So automation is coming, right? Half these jobs that these millennials and these, and these younger generation are going into, it's going to be gone in the next five years, right? So they're going to be left with a stack of debt, a degree, a piece of paper that's worth nothing, and they're, like you said, through as they're making, you know, 19, 20 hour trying to meet ends meet, right? So you have, let's say, thirty thousand dollars in debt. You're only making eighteen thousand dollars. You're only making eighteen dollars an hour because you know you don't have any work work experience. So you have to do an entry level job. 
Then you have to find an apartment. So that's another 670 bucks. I'm just being served it, right? Because it's just way higher in apartments, right? Especially in the cost of living, right? So you're automatically cash flow negative, right? And that's why you see a lot of people now moving in back with their parents, right? Because it's it's expensive, right? Because the, the degree they thought was going to worth something wasn't. So now they're going back living with their parents and, 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 and now they're trying to, you know, make ends meet and, and trying to save up and while at the same time paying off this debt. Exactly. And, and I have a, uh, I kind of want to expand on that when it comes to these de- degrees, I, my, my whole opinion on it is if you, if you're not going to college to learn a skill or learn a trade, like being a medical doctor or like being an engineer or something to that effect, you're, you're pretty much wasting your time. Um, j- just from a general, uh, investor's point of view, uh, if you have a bird's eye view on the business that is college and you realize that most kids, a either have either are working a job that has nothing to do with what they graduated with, nothing to do with the degree that they graduated with, or B, they have no idea what they want to do after graduation. You can look at that and say, okay, that's a bad investment. That's a bad investment for most kids because in, in today's age, there's so many opportunities out there, um, especially with the internet being involved. You, you can literally set up anything and be an entrepreneur and not have to go $10,000 in debt, $20,000 in debt to earn a degree, just to earn a paper that society accepts and, and, and calls you successful and you get on with your life. Yeah. And I'll, I'll expand off that as well. Basically, just like I can say like two stories. So I, I was in high school. I believe it was in high school. Somebody like came and spoke to maybe like the football team or like the graduating class about just like college and he basically got almost got booed because he was saying like no he was basically saying like the <laughs> truth because <laughs> he was just like you know you don't need to go you can go to a community college you know something you know basically just preaching that like hey you can go to a community college it's okay like you'll save a lot more money basically for the same thing you know what i mean and stuff like that and we're just like what nah we're trying to go to like you know big name <laughs> schools this and that yeah. And uh, in hindsight, it was like, yeah, he was trying to just probably save us low key. But um, yeah, I mean, plus with that, it's just like you can't really fake the funk. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't. I mean, obviously, as a kid, like it's a slippery slope just because like I've seen it happen to like family members as well as like, you know, if you're going to big brand name schools, your parents might have went there, this and that. You know what I mean? And like. It's known as a party school, you know what I'm saying? You you move out to like Tallahassee or somewhere like that, and like where partying every night is a thing, being on the scene is a thing. But yet, you know, let's be real. Like on Instagram and social media, you look like you if you're in college, you look like you're winning, you look like you got money. But we're all broke, you know what I'm saying? Like we're all broke, but like <laughs> apparently yeah. we're not, you know what I'm saying? Because like the way people be spending money, you know what I'm saying? It's like damn. But at that same point, it's because free money is so accessible. Like all these loans are so accessible. So somebody be like, oh, yeah, I'll pay it down later. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like leaving a kid with cavities in a candy store. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's like setting them up because they can just be like, yeah, well, duh, that's why I'm getting this degree. So I'll just pay it off. No, like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you can't take out all the money, you know what I'm saying? And like, you know, blow it you know splurge and then not expect to have to pay it back because right now i mean yeah like it doesn't seem realistic based off of how the debts are that like 
people have to pay it back, but you know, mm-hmm. nothing is free. Somebody's, you know, you have to pay some way, whether it's, you know, being taxed more upfront or, you know, at the end of the year. And yeah, yeah. and 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 to your point, I think uh, social pressure is is what causes a lot of that. I I can I can tell you from my own personal experience, and and also from my friends' perspective, no one wanted to be that loser who who would say, you know, I don't know what I'm doing after high school. I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna take some time off or blase blase. No one wanted to be that loser. People people wanted to say, oh, I'm going to this college or I'm studying this or I'm gonna be doing this or I'm moving out here. It, it's so so what that so what happens is it, it, it creates this social pressure and then on top of that you have family members who are who are pushing you to do something um, that you're not even sure of because for my life <clears throat> excuse me when when I was 18 19 I was getting ready for um, college I had an idea of who I was but I wasn't but def, definitely compared to today it's, it's it's nothing you know I thought I wanted to go in and study exercise science and be some you know a uh, physical therapist slash firefighter and do that whole thing but kind of listening kind of listening to my uh, past goals and comparing to now now to my current thoughts and current ambitions and aspirations that I want to do is is nonsense I I was basically like I was basically like an extension of what my family wanted just because it was it was safe you know it was a safe job you have firefighting which you have the 401k and you know it's a a pretty good title which I don't knock firefighting if you're a firefighter you're a badass in my book but you know for me and, and my personal journey those were the things I had in mind when I went to college and I really didn't care uh, if I had to take out a loan or anything like that. So, but to say that, I think that's what most kids are kind of being baited into just that social pressure of not being that kid that says, Oh, I don't know what I'm doing or. Yeah. And to your point, and there's a famous quote by uh, Sun Tzu, um, you know, the book, the art of war, he says, when I let go of who I am, I become what I might be. And what he means by that is, you know, many of us go throughout our lives fulfilling other people's expectations but our own. And, you know, in the end, we all feel numb and we have full of regret. Um, and I think there's a lot of pressure on the kids, too, from the parents, you know, wanting them to go to this college, right? Oh, your grandfather went here. I went here, right? You'll hear that a lot. Or, you know, this is the way in order for you to get a good paying job, you need to go here. The problem is... The parents are stolen, you know, they're in the, they're in the, you know, they learn from their parents, right? Those parents mm-hmm. were in the age where, you know, go to school, get a good job, retire at 65 and, you know, and live happily ever after. So you see that vicious cycle that's continuing to happen now, but unfortunately that's just not the case. That's not, it's not feasible anymore to, to have this expectation that, all right, if I'm going to spend, you know, a six-figure education at a very prominent school, that my my kid is going to, you know, get a $80,000 job right off the rip. Okay, unless you're, work, unless you're going to Harvard Business School and you're going to get a job at Boston Consulting, it's not a 10 chance. It's just not going to happen. And um, there's also a paper I wrote, um, and I, again, I brought this on the previous podcast about should government interfere with how they subsidize universities, right? Because, you know, we have, you know, 5X, we have a 5X on the, the cost of tuition um, on these schools, but 
you know, we, we don't have the return on that. So essentially it's like looking at, um, it, it, it's like looking at an over leveraged options contract, right? You're, you're over leveraged to the point to where if this really crashes, you're screwed, which is what we see. Right. And this is what I mean by how colleges is a business, right? Nothing is a coincidence, right? Everything is meant for a reason. So have you ever noticed when you do a tour at a big university, right? You're going to go see certain places. Yeah, you're going to see the admissions office. Yes, you're going to see the financial aid office, right? You're going to see what you're what you're supposed to see, right? In order to have understanding, you have any questions, right? I'm totally okay with that. Yeah. The thing is, though, then you'll go to the gym. You'll see the nice gym. You'll see the right climbing wall. You'll see the three levels of weights we have here. You'll see all the the hot, attractive people, right? It's a lifestyle. Then you'll go down to the calf. The calf state of the art has all the fresh and nice food you could ever see. And then you go to like some event that's happening right now and you'll take a tour of that. And they're, they're feeding you the, the lifestyle. Like, oh, this is the life you can live if you attend our university. And then they show you the dorms. They show how nice the dorms are. Like, oh, you can be living here. You can be independent. You can, you know, live the lifestyle that you want to live. Because it's all about lifestyle, man. That's why people go to college. Just live the college life, man. Be independent. Go to parties. Make friends. You know, pull all-nighters. You know, it's the college experience, right? Mm-hmm. But college, But college is like a vacation, right? You check in, you enjoy the amenities, right? And you check out. Unfortunately, this comes with interest, which is what we call a student loan. So you have to carefully navigate your way through the college experience, right? Fortunately, me, I didn't really have much of a college experience, right? I was always working. I was either at school or I was always working. And I'm thinking for that because here I am, um, you know, not stressing um, – about, you know, how am I going to make the next payment on student loans? Um, so I'm thankful for that. But um, there, there are a few steps along the way for you to either, you know, prevent that. Or if you're in student loans right now, or if you got out, you know, what's the next step? But before we go on that, do you guys have anything you want to add? Yeah. Yeah, this, uh, yeah I mean, my bad, y'all just like blanked out. But... <laughs> No, this, 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 yeah, really, but, this really helped me. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, but, but to your point, I mean, kids are not thinking about student loans. Th- those who are taking out loans, I- I'm telling you firsthand, they're not thinking about student loans because the experience is so overwhelming. Like you said, they show you the weight room, the three-floor story weight room. They show you the state of, state of the art of cafe. And it, most people are, are busy enjoying the amenities and the parties and going out. And and a, and a lot of time, uh, college is more of a uh, more of a personal growth than anything. You know, you, you do have the academic side. You do you do you do have to keep up with the academic side. But a lot of people grow so much in college and, and, and are focused. Their, their mindset and their, and their focus is more towards the social aspect where they're not even thinking about the financial uh, monster that they're literally cl- creating every semester. Every semester they're taking out loans and 
And eventually when you graduate and when you get away from that temporary state of vacation, then you have to deal with the hardcore reality, which is the loan that has collected interest, uh, based, b- depending on, on if you get sub, a subsidized or a unsubsidized loan. But if, if you can confirm this, let's see, I believe... <clears throat> I believe subsidized doesn't collect interest um, while you're in school, but unsubsidized does. Is that is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. So subsidized loans, basically, it's on your financial need, and the government doesn't usually charge it, right? Because it's subsidized means they're subsidizing the interest rate. So for right now, luckily, the interest rates are very low. So you know you can get a you can get a loan for about a three to four percent versus unsubsidized. You know you can. You no, know, I was actually offered this um, in graduate school. Of course, I declined. Um, but the government can fluctuate the interest rates on what they charge you. It's kind of like a like an arm mortgage, right? Um, an arm mortgage is an adjustable rate mortgage, right? So, like, basically, you can start out like at ten percent, and all of a sudden shoots up to like you know fifteen to twenty percent um, uh, of the loan. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's fucked up, dude. It's, it's fucked up how, especially when you're 18 years old, and, you, and, and aside from student loans, you know, you get you get that credit card in the mail because they know you're 18. You know, you just turn you just turn 18, and they send yeah. you that credit card in the mail and say, oh, you know, you're you're already pre approved. All you need to do is just sign, and you sign the dotted line. Like, oh man, I got $500, man. But like, but really, it's not yours. Um, oh man, I can $500, but you really have 26% interest rate. Um, Me. <laughs> right and uh you know you start and you start going to fucking you know champ champ store and you go to you know Pakistan <laughs> and you start fucking swiping the card and but you know you, you don't you're not making any serious deal so now you're already stuck in the rat race so now you're just another just another person um the banks are are uh, are um are profiting off of um so yeah yeah to expand so off me, of that i found the point right. i was going to make uh, and DJ Khaled's voice, don't ever play yourself. <laughs> so I say that because uh, one of the major things that you're like, you know, that I realized is that, you know, college nowadays is more of a social thing, right? You go for a social event really because you don't see like a lot of people don't identify themselves as academics. You know what I'm saying? Like true scholars, you know what I'm saying? Somebody that's, you know. They don't identify themselves as like true students, you know what I'm saying? Everybody wants to, you know, identify themselves as, you know, a social person or this and that. Like, not so many people are there that are really good test takers, you know what I'm saying? Especially at like schools that are non-Ivy League, you know what I'm saying? Like, shit, you know, undergrad, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and I feel like, shit, that's a cool. school period. But for some people, there are actually people there that are on academic scholarships, you know what I'm saying, that are actually, like, smart as fuck. And I feel like that's really only, like, 10% of the college population that is at that school, low-key, because everybody's there is, everybody else is really just, you know, uh, yeah, they're studious, but, like, at the end of the day, it's like, you know, how many people like taking tests? Or how many people are really good at taking tests? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you can outwork, I mean, if you, in high school, if you definitely, if you just do the work in high school, you know what I'm saying? And then on top of that, you might have some late nights. You can easily get A B honor roll. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But in college, it's kind of like a different animal. But at the same time, it's definitely doable. But like to, you know, just, just graduating, just getting by, that's never, you know, you never want to be in that pack. Like 
after you graduate, nobody really asks about your GPA. You know what I'm saying? And there's a reason for that, unless you're trying to go for like, you know, your doctors or your masters. You know what I mean? But you know, if 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 you're somebody coming out of high school, and you know you don't have the highest GPA or like the highest test score, and you're kind of just barely getting in, that's low key a red flag right there. Even as a parent, you know what I'm saying? Like you should, you know, it's like as an investment, it's like you, there's no need to force it or like over leverage. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, it's like. That's the major thing. I just feel like college nowadays is really just a social event because at the same time, it's like you can really just, I mean, what you're learning is mostly <clears throat> outdated. Um, I believe it's called Moore's Law. I think it's every 12 or 18 months, information is outdated. So like all these textbooks, things like that, I mean, it's not really current information. It's more just like college is more for or even school the way it's taught is more for memorization and mm-hmm. why the fuck do you need to memorize anything when you have a phone in your hand that has the internet mm-hmm. and so that's why like with automation a lot of jobs aren't going to be here because you know the the way we base knowledge and how everything is is like it hasn't caught up because the way we're, we're taught and the way we try to learn is basically with trying to you know pretend that the internet isn't there that like mm-hmm. People still got to read dictionaries for real. Or, you know, like you can really just any question that you have, you know, what I'm saying any uh, algebraic question, you know, calculus, all that, you know, what I'm saying you just type it into your phone or it, even if it's like a, a a literary question, you know, what I'm saying like you have autocorrect all these things. And so it's like, you know, what you know, what what is it for? That's a uh, great point that you have B. Uh, let me ask you guys something. Do you guys feel like college is a scam? Yeah, I mean, I feel like it definitely plays on the middle class's uh, low self-esteem. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, like, think about it, bro. Like, again, like, unless, like, you know, you're going to go to an Ivy League school, dude, you're not guaranteed to make a minimum of 80, 90 to six figures, right? Um, and a lot of that obviously has to do with, you know, families, right? Because the families contribute to the endowments of the Zion League schools, right? So I'm actually going to get that good job, right? Um, I think the second best thing would be an engineer. But, you know, engineers start off about 60, 70, right? Um, and, and again, dude, in a perfect world, dude, if, if, if we constructed a college right now, I would only have a few certain things, STEM and business. That's only two things in a, in a, in a trade too as well right those are only three things i would have in that school anything else you can you can you can do as a hobby you know you, you don't need a you don't need a degree in psychology to study people i mean you can just walk outside and there's fucking people watching like oh yeah that person's fucked up or that person you, you can start reading people i mean that you don't need a you don't need to spend money to do that you can read books right if you, you know, we live in a world of information, which I've talked about countless times, where I can Google anything or YouTube anything, and I can figure out how to do it, right? That's how a lot of people um, start off as entrepreneurs, right? They don't have the experience, right? So they start research, okay, well, you know, what do I do to optimize search engine optimization? Okay, I need to do this, this, and that. I didn't have to, they didn't have to, you know, spend $40,000 to learn how to do search engine optimization, um, you know, out of school. That's, that's uh, just to just to expand off of that. You brought up a great ass point. If you really want to learn something, you don't need to be taught it. You'll teach yourself. 
You know, mm-hmm. all the tools are there. Like you have D, you know, you'll see on YouTube as far as like creative shit, like DIY people doing it themselves, blah blah blah. Like all the books are fr- te- are out there. Like if you want to learn, you know, chemistry, biology, bioengineering, how to code, you can. People are self-taught coders. You know what I'm saying? Like I didn't go to class to learn about crypto. I didn't go to class to learn about forex. You know what I'm saying? Like when you're interested in something, you'll te- you can teach yourself. You know what I mean? Like there's been, I mean, countless people. I mean, if you look at Elon Musk, yeah, he's a genius, but at the same time, like it's all a formula. You know, if you just transition, um, you know, if you like, if you just transition the formula. So the basically the way that you know qu- uh, quarters are set up. You know, you got your nine weeks, this and that, and how they like try to uh, teach the curriculum, and you do that, improvise that on your own time when you say you're out of school or something like that and you kind of basically, you know, set up a schedule of when you want to learn and stuff like that, you can definitely teach yourself anything you want to know. Um, especially the fact that like most of these professors aren't doing it themselves. Facts. And so if you're, if you find yourself, you know, if you're 18, 19 and, and, and you find yourself with the dilemma of, um, okay, well, I definitely have to go to college and I definitely want to go to college, but how do I, um, how do I keep away from debt? How do I keep away from uh, getting into immense amount of debt? One thing that I I would recommend um, is applying as for many scholarships as you possibly can. There are so many uh, good scholarships out there that provide uh, that 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 provide um, large amounts of finances. To be to be honest, and I would also say don't fall into the social hype. Don't 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 feel like you have to buy you know, shoes from Champs and Foot Locker or, you know, have to buy like the latest stuff. Like you're, you, you have a mission, you know, you have a mission You when you go to college and it's to get that education and to, uh, and, and to be a, a stu- uh, student. So don't, don't waste your time um, and, and don't get into a huge, immense amount of debt because I've definitely seen close, close friends uh, make those those mistakes, and now they graduated, and now, you know, <laughs> they get they're getting emails sent saying you have forty thousand plus in loans, and uh, interest is collecting on it. So uh, we're gonna need a payment. <laughs> we're gonna need a payment plan. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So in a perfect world, um, this is what I would suggest, right? So let's say yes, I want to go to college. I want to get a higher education. You're set on it, right? You're 18 years old. Okay, cool. First thing you want to do is study very hard for your SAT or ACT, right? Qualify for the scholarships that you're going to get, right? Let's say you don't get that. Okay, plan B, go to community college, right? I still want to go to college, but I'm going to go another route, right? One door closes, another one opens. What a lot of people don't realize is I actually didn't realize until the end of my community college experience is that community colleges have scholarships just like the big universities. And they have a lot of money. The problem is people don't apply for that because A, they're not informed, B, they don't qualify, or C, they just don't. So I would search to see, okay, what scholarships are offered um, at my community college and take advantage of those. Score really well on your grades, right? Get that three eight, three nine, and rack up with the change, dude. You know, screw the whole oh well, you know, you're just double dipping. Yeah, motherfucker, I'm double dipping because I, I got shit to pay, dude. So rack up all the much as much as you can, 
And then once you have enough, right, you're paying off your fall semester classes, start paying your summer classes, right, in cash, right, you know, because all the money that you saved up, you'll have some saved up, go ahead and put a thousand or, you know, six to nine months as an emergency fund, right, because, you know, you're going to have such shit happens, that's just the way it is in life, and, you know, press on, once you graduate, repeat, wash, rinse, repeat. Figure out what the scholarships are you offer. This is I'm talking about just university wise too. Figure out what scholarships you have to offer. Apply for those. Get those. Continue to to the grind and uh, keep racking up dough. And then you'll get to a point where you can just start paying your education for free, all because of scholarships. Now you can also apply for scholarships outside of the university too, right? If you're an accountant like me, you can apply for accounting scholarships that are eligible outside of the university, right? Or you can use a good website called Scholarly. Scholarly's been around for years now. Basically, it shows you a list of all the scholarships you qualify based on parameters. That that's the advice I would give a person who's going into college. Now, let's say you already have debt, right? Let's say you graduated college, you got some debt on you, right? Let's just say it's just student loans in this case, right? But the same concept applies to all types of debt, whether it's mortgage, credit cards, auto loans, you got it, right? Now, for um, <clears throat> if you're in debt right now, let's say you have subsidized and, ups- and, ups- and unsubsidized, go ahead and start paying off. Be aggressive with the unsubsidized loans, right? Because those interest rates can change because you don't know what the fuck is the Fed is going to do. So you might as well start paying off the debt that you know is not guaranteed That's it's not going to stay at that sub 3%. So once you start paying that off, start doing the snowball effect and start attacking that debt, but also start putting away your emergency fund. Because again, you know, you don't want to be at the point where, you know, something happens to your vehicle or something like major happens with medical, and now you have to pull out your credit card to pay for it, right? You're just putting yourself back into the hole. So... Again, that's what I would recommend for people to do it that way. And by the way, this is a this is a, a listener who listens to podcast. She she told me to ask these questions. So shout out to that ad for listener, Rachel. She knows who she is. So um, so uh, another question she asked as well. She said, "Well, you know, how can I build credit, right?" And now when we talked about debt. We're talking about getting out of debt, but remember. We're financial literacy people here. There's a difference between good debt and bad debt, right? Mm-hmm. Good debt obviously is other people's money, right? Using other people to pay off your debt to service it. Bad debt would be like this, right? So one thing to do when you, if you do get a credit card, right, which should, should only be for emergencies, but I'd rather pay for everything cash, is, you know, get one of those prepaid credit cards, right? So like Wells Fargo's, for instance, where I used to work at. We used to have what's called a secured credit card. I'm sure it's still there. You put up your own money, right? So, you know, a limit of $500, you put up $100, that's your money, right? It's not the bank's money, it's your money. And only use that card for something you know you're going to need. And I stress this enough, you know you're going to need and you know you can pay it off every month. Great example, gas. You're going to need gas. Gas costs about 40, 50 bucks, depending on your vehicle. Maybe 20 if you have like a Hyundai or something. Use that as a recurring payment. Hide the credit card, shred the credit card, do whatever you need to do. Because if you don't have the financial discipline to, you know, 
have in your wallet and not spend it for anything else, then you need to do that. And just keep doing that. And that's how you build credit. That's how you start to build credit, right? Because you still need credit because you need to get, you know, your mortgage and, and, and all that good jazz, right? So that's how you can build credit. So that's how you can get out of the debt. Now, let's say, you know, you're finally, um, let's say you're finally home free, right? Or you have a little bit of debt remaining, right? Let's say, I don't know, you may have $5,000 left, right? So um, there's a couple of good companies, a couple of good websites to look up. So one is called uh, Changed. So C-H-A-N-G-E-D. So capital E-D. So basically, this is a Shark Tank company. So basically, what this does is it takes... Um, it's just like acorns, right? So whatever you spend, let's say you buy a cup of coffee for $2, right? I'm sorry, like $1.50, right? It rounds up that 50 cents and applies it to a, a bucket, right? And once the change app hits $100, automatically goes to your student loans. So you're continuing to pay off student loans. So really, you have no excuse not to pay off your student loans. Right. Because I guarantee you, you're going to be at Starbucks buying a cup of coffee right now instead of paying off your student loans. So if you're going to buy a cup of coffee, you might as well have the change round up to start paying it off. So that's one thing to start setting it up without even realizing. Right. It's just like Acorns. It's called change. Take a look at it. Start paying off student loans. The SAT thing I told you about, there's a thing called SAT prep. Uh, you may have to correct me on that. It's another Shark Tank company. This company allows you to. T um, it teaches you and it, it's a tutor to basically help you score higher for um, SAT and ACT so you can get those scholarships, right? So these are some of the tools and resources you can use in order to better yourself. And again, once you're out of debt, do not go back in. Please don't. Do it for me. Do it for the fam. Don't go back into debt, okay? If you're going to go back into debt, it better be because you're buying real estate and, you know, you're doing this, this, and that. But if you're just going to debt just because, you know, you want a new flashy car, which you fucking don't need, then don't be that person. Um, so, yeah, that, that's that's really my advice for the three stages. Um, hopefully that helps. So, yeah. You got anything, Brian? Uh, yeah, probably just uh, an unpopular opinion um, as well, just to, I guess, expand off of that as well. Um, I would say, you know, there are a lot of people that are like literally like fucking around or like fucking off, you know what I'm saying? And kind of like playing the blame game as far as, you know, you end up in all this debt and you wonder how you got into it. And it's kind of your fault in a sense, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I say that to say like, you know, if you're going to accept the responsibility, you know what I'm saying? Definitely work for it, you know, work to pay it off. You know what I mean? Like get disciplined, get serious, you know what I'm saying? About, the situation you know there's some people that will dig themselves in a hole and be like well i might as well keep digging you know what i'm saying <laughs> or, well, it's already ruined let me ball it up some more and it's like nah like you know what i'm saying get serious like turn you know what i'm saying like do what you have to do to make this shit happen like there's a lot of people that are you know in hella debt or you know what i'm saying not in a good position maybe have like terrible credit but based off of how they live in you wouldn't even know it yeah and so, you know, to that point, it's just like, yeah, bro, like, I may, I may not be in the same position, but at the same time, with my mindset, I probably won't ever be just because, like, I'm not going to try to, like, I'm not going to try to fake it or, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just going to accept what comes with, you know what I'm saying? Like, even having a credit card, you know what I'm saying? 
mm-hmm. I have three. You know what I'm saying? Do I use them? No, I don't. I just have them on auto pay for like little shit like, you know, uh, like Apple Music and stuff like that just to, you know, build up history and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to go to the bar, you know what I'm saying, and using bitches to get drinks or nothing like that. And it's just, uh, you know, just, you know, just like being serious about your financial future. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's all it really comes down to. Just like being serious, listening to guys like Regis, you know what I'm saying? Listening to, you know, people like, you know, Dave Ramsey, you know, Robert Kiyosaki and really just, uh, you know, just getting serious about your financial future. Definitely, definitely. I, I have a, a little personal story. So when, when I went into uh, super huge uh, credit card debt, when I used like 98% of uh, what I was given, um, my credit score took a hit as well. Um, and so when I came back and I was really aggressive and, and, I, and I paid everything off, it went so it went down 120, I think it was like 120 points. And then when I paid it off, it went up to like 130, which is now which is now great. But you, when 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 you're disciplined and when you set um when you when you when you set uh I I guess a method out to pay pay your debt um, aggressively, you will see the reward in your credit score as well, which is a huge thing. Yeah, I'm done. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, was, I made my point. I was waiting for the suspense. Yeah, bro. And it goes back to the same, bro. Discipline equals freedom, man. Um, and really, it makes sense. So you got to have discipline in, in every aspect, right? So, like, you know, whether that's waking up um, and, and fucking going for a run or waking up and going working out or, you know, as Gary V. And that's my boy, man. You can either hunt from 7 to 12 a.m., which we're doing right now, or you can have, you know, deployed patients, right? For me, personally, for me, I like to hunt from 7 to 12, right? Because right now people are in bed right now, but I'm still up getting after it. Um, and, you know, and that spills over to everything else because if you if you fuck up in one area, then you're going to fuck up in everything else, right? It becomes a chain reaction, right? You know, you, you, you don't – you snooze to your alarm, you wake up, you're late for work, now you're scrambling around, you didn't pack your lunch, and now you have to go buy something, and now you buy something shitty, and now you feel like shit, and now you don't feel like working out. See, it, it, it becomes a, a, a vicious cycle. Um, again, that's why, you know, doing martial arts, right, keto, Muay Thai, um, Jiu-Jitsu, right, those are very important Jiu-Jitsu. tools. that. <laughs> This boy, this boy, this boy, this boy is waiting for to say that. I said, My moment, my ears perked up. What are you telling me? Like the Lion King and shit, but uh, yeah, man. So, like, that's another thing that's very important, um, to to be in some type or even wrestling, which I used to do too. Um, but yeah, man, um, you know, if you have the discipline to say, Okay, here's my plan. Here's what I'm going to do. Then you're then you're going to get to where you need to be. Right? You know, focus on the things that really matter. Right? Because you know the thing about college, man. People come and go, dude. You know, you're going to meet a lot of people, but a lot of people are going to move away. You're not going to see them anymore, dude. If you know what your goal is at the end of the day, then you need to follow that. You know, don't get distracted by the fucking girls or the guys or whatever you're into. 
you know, because they're going to be there for temporarily and then they're going to leave, right? You need to focus on your goal, figure out what you're going to do, and then take action. Yeah, and to expand off of that, definitely just grind. You know what I'm saying? Like, that is a part of life. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you if you're not if you know you're not going to grind or, you know, if you know you don't want it that bad, you're not fooling anybody or you're not even helping anybody. You're not even helping yourself if you know that you don't want it that bad. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you know that, you know, you're taking out all this debt for a degree that you don't even care about, you know what I'm saying? That's a red flag as well. You know what I'm saying? You're not really, you know, just stay true to yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like, when you know who you are, you'll know what you want. And um, shit, as far as the grind, I mean, it really, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, when it comes to discipline or grinding, you know what I'm saying? Like, for example, there'll be some days where, like, you know, if if it's, you know, if 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 I'm if I'm trying to, you know, invest more into into crypto or, you know, trying to put money to, you know, forex or, you know, whatever, whatever, there may be days where it's like, hmm, all right, well, I'll like limit myself, like, you know, shit, maybe like thirty, forty dollars a week, you know, for food or some shit, or I might just be like, fuck it, bro, I might not need to eat today. And yeah, that sounds like some weak <laughs> shit, but at the same time, <laughs> but at the same time like, that's how bad I want it for some. You know what I'm saying? It'll just be like, honestly, bro. You know what I'm saying? I'm hydrated, or like you fucking. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> or you know what I'm saying? Just like being up late as fuck, knowing you know, like for example, like I normally go to bed at like 1 a.m. You know what I'm saying? And I have to be, you know, up. I'll, I'll wake up at like you know eight eight o'clock. 7.30, sometimes I, you know, might be up till 2. Who knows? But at the same time, it's just like, how bad do you want it? Like, what are you working for? Like, what will keep you going, you know, to persevere through these little obstacles? And at the same time, like, I don't have to do none of that. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I wanted to, yeah, for sure I could eat. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, it's just like having that little discipline. You know what I'm saying? I don't do that a lot, but you feel me? It was just like little things like that, like, through the journey, you know what I'm saying, of just like, yo, like, I'm really trying to get it, you know what I'm saying? Like, and just like doing calculated moves, you know what I'm saying? Like, not reacting off of impulsive, you know, emotions, thoughts, or, you know what I'm saying, little tricks. Basically, just like taking the bait. Like, don't get tricked out of your position because that's what's really, that's what really happens, you know, to 18 year olds fresh out of high school when it comes to, you know, credit cards, things like that. Like, you just get tricked into taking the bait, whether it be like peer pressure or just, you know, opportunity, you know what I'm saying? Just like the opportunity to have basically what it appears to be free money. But, you know what I'm saying? College is only four years. So, you know, it can be longer than that for some people, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, like, it's only a short window of life and you don't want to blow it all in four years. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to blow your load too quick, you dig? Yeah. Whoa, what are you saying? <laughs> no, but um, um, as I, I, I definitely get it, and and it's all worth it when you're sitting on a banana boat, uh, smoking that cigar. You know what I'm saying? When you put in all those hours of work, I, I could tell you from uh from from personal experience, um, before before I won uh, my very first tournament, um, before I got gold, man, I would I was I seriously uh took all the distractions out of my life. Um, I seriously stopped talking to everybody. You can even ask Brian. Like I went ghost for like a month. <laughs> he felt like, what the hell? 
Yeah. Nah, <laughs> nah, <laughs> Damn, that boy size nah, me. Nah, nah, I'm fucking with you. I'm fucking with you. I went ghost because I got after it. I woke up at 5 a.m. every morning just to fucking run. And it didn't matter if it was raining or if it was sunny. I was going to get after it because it was a mentality. It would, I was sharpening my mind. I had to get after it because I knew um, the guys I was going to meet on competition day did not give a fuck who I was. Didn't give a fuck about my story. They were just trying to take my head off. So um, you you can apply that competitive spirit to life. If you if if you if you have a third of that spirit uh, towards your own personal joy and t- towards your own life, I promise you, uh, you 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 will start to see how you operate, and you'll start to uh, you 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 you'll start to uh, create a, a better a better setting for yourself. You'll start to think more advanced, make uh, be- smarter moves, and and really dive into who you are as a person and what your life journey is. That's a fact. Preach. Hey, so did you want to get into uh, how y'all feel about that topic? Like, we good or y'all want to get into uh, shadow banking? I mean, really shadow banking, man. So, basically, just really the reason why Went to small music because shadow baking is a shit that a lot of people don't know about, right? It's basically the reason why we ended up in the subprime mortgage. And this is just my my take on it. So shadow baking is the unregulated market that happens. So derivatives and and credit default swapping. Again, this is how the um, mortgage crisis happened. Um, so good, good, good episode of Rich Dad uh, Radio Channel where he has the guy on there. Forgot his name, Brandon. I know you know. Um, and he talks about shadow baking, right? And if you guys remember how I talked about fractional reserving, but I also talked about how the scene in It's a Wonderful Life with George Bailey, his savings loans bank, and people wanted to take their money out, aka bank run, right? Which we, we saw in Greece and, and in Cyprus and everywhere else. You know, they want to take their money out, but he's like, hey, I can't do that because your money is not in your account. It's loaned out to him it's loaned out to her right and that's what's happening right now right and especially what like where do you think all this money is being pumped into real estate where do you think that all that money is coming from fucking student debt like all all the all the the money that's being poured into the real estate markets and into the stock markets it's coming from student debt right it's a big circle of of, of cash that's just circle swirling around um that's happening as we speak because you know they have to borrow the money from somewhere, so why not sell the receivables, right? Because because that's what loans is, right? You're the payable, right? Because you owe them, and then they're the receivable, right? Because you owe them the money, right? So mm-hmm. think about it. So think about it, right? So this in accounting we call it factoring, right? So factoring receivables means, hey, I don't want to manage these receivables, right? So I'll pay you a percentage of fee. Right. If you take these receivables off my hands and the person is like, sure, we'll do that. And then once we collect, you'll receive a portion, too. And so that's essentially what happened when the student loans were run by the government. anymore. Also, fun fact, the student loans are not owned by the government. Anymore. It's owned by corporations. That's why you can't declare bankruptcy. That's why they have all these predatory practices and these shark loans that come out and, and they don't care they don't care about you. They don't care if you're homeless or they don't care about anything about that. They just want their money. So 
you know, by you, you know, getting the student loans, you essentially, you essentially sign the blood forever, forever, forever until you die. And then that's when they start in, it's even at a point, which is really sad. Like, you know, people who are in retirement age, you know, are still paying off student loans. Now they're starting to garnish people's wages, literally going in and taking their social security from them because they still owe these student loans. So again, what? They don't care. yeah, bro. Really? You know that? Yeah. You know that? No, bro. It is dark. Yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. That, that, they're even taking in, in uh, garnishing wages because they still owed it. So yeah, man. Um, <clears throat> that's what's happening right now. So that's my really on my take on shadow baking right now. Uh, to add that, so the guy's name was uh, Brian Reynolds. Um, when you first began talking, that was his name from uh, Rich Dad Radio. Good luck. Good luck. And then, um, yeah, my only piece to add to that was, um, yeah, basically, you know, the debt, student loan debt has been monetized by the government. And then I guess, you know, obviously to like your point, corporations. And so basically now, you know, they're including, you know, that debt as far, you know, as a part of, you know, our economy's GDP. So, yeah, they're going to want that money. You know what I'm saying? People, it's almost like, you know, they, they, they're, they're backing it with like bonds and loans like they're trying to sell this debt to other people you know what i'm saying to make money so it's almost like that debt is really just or you know that person dealing with that debt is now part of the machine and uh this all started back in uh 2010 um obama eliminated the federal guaranteed loan program which let private lenders offer student loans at like a low interest rate um, you know, now the Department of Education is the only place to go for, you know, these type of loans. And so, you know, basically it was sold, like the government takeover of the loans was basically sold, you know, as a money saver. Um, so, you know, the selling point was, you know, why bear the cost of guaranteeing, you know, private loans when the government could cut out the middleman and lend the money itself? But obviously, you know what I'm saying, the cost savings didn't happen. And, you know, uh, you know, it, it increased the, you know, Congressional Budget Office's, you know, uh, costs by like 30 percent, which is like 27 billion dollars. But at the same time, they made, you know, a hell of a lot more money. Anything you want to add to us? Um, not really. I, I guess I guess the most I know about uh, shadow banking is uh, you have uh, unregulated activities being performed by regulated uh, corporations, which um, nice. which is uh, which is which is a dark avenue. I mean, it's just the, it's just the truth and reality when it comes to uh, when it comes to a, a financial system, especially in uh, powerful uh, countries like the U.S., uh, my question I have for you guys, because you guys are experts, <clears throat> China, Bitcoin 2020, mm. what, <laughs> what effect, uh, do you guys like know the regulations, like know, know the specifics on the regulations and what effect will it have on altcoins? Well, so there's a lot of things going on in the market, man. Um, domestic market, you name it. There's, there's a lot of things going down right now. A lot of things brewing right now. So I'm sure as you wear, President Xi Jinping, um, 
announced that he wants a blockchain for China, right? And that yeah. really sparked up the market. So if you if you were following Neo, um, you noticed that Neo, which is a, a Chinese Ethereum coin, um, went from around seven bucks to twelve bucks, um, mm-hmm. which is a big which is a big jump. So you know, with that and the China, India, Russia, they want a new swift version of payment because the 46-year-old system that we use right now is just too old and inexpensive. So XRP, a.k.a. Ripple, might be the pioneer behind that, which I, I talked to Brian about this. Um, not only that, but you know, there's also the future or the uh, FTX fund um, that the Chinese have created that introduced seven other Chinese Ethereum coins, um, you know, including um, um, NEO. So right now, China is slowly making its way to creating its own blockchain cryptocurrency. Of course, you have the, the U.S. markets, including the Wall Street Journal, saying that China is just doing that just to collect and control you know, the centralized information. But the U.S. markets are doing it here right now, right? They're still trying to centralize Bitcoin, but the whole purpose, the, the, the genesis of Bitcoin is for a decentralized market, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, you don't want all these people's hands in the damn, in the damn pie, bro. Let the pie bake. Let the pie bake. Let, let it sit out to cool off, and that's it. Right? You know? <laughs> My dog said, get so, your hand out the cookie jar. <laughs> that's what I'm saying, man. Like, it's a like, great, damn, bro. great scenario. So, it's a great comparison. Exactly. So, like, <laughs> so, so, yeah, that, that's that's what's happening with China right now. Um, it's just a lot of things that are, that are heating up right now. Um, I was actually just looking into the FTX pair right now. Um it looks interesting. Obviously, I don't know anything about it. Um, so yeah, I don't know, Brian, want to add anything to that? Uh, yeah, I'll add a, um, a couple things. Um, right now, as far as you know, we look at the we look at the global economy and we look at um, what countries have the most potential have the most potential upside and which ones have still uh, potential to grow, and then which ones are basically tipped over and have or have and are becoming irrelevant. So the eastern part of the world is up and coming. You know what I'm saying? You got developing countries like obviously Africa has a lot of, you know, potential. India has a lot of potential. China's a, you know, a powerhouse and so is Russia. When you look at the West, you know what I'm saying? You have Europe, you know, London, you know, Britain, all that area. They don't really do anything anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, they were the Britain Empire, blah, blah, blah. But like now they're kind of like irrelevant. They don't do anything. They just go on off their old, you know, they're going off of what they used to do, what they did before. America, same type of deal. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, since we're Americans, we feel that, you know, we're the shit and, you know, the world revolves around us. But as far as like what's going on, I mean, realistically, bro, if you if you go to your local Walmart, that is what America really looks like. You know what I'm saying? That, that is the real citizen of America. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not what you see on social media. You know what I'm saying? It's not, you know, people are literally making, you know, under $20 an hour. You know what I'm saying? On, on, on the regular. But they have, you know, four kids. You know what I'm saying? They got all, you know, hella debt, stuff like that. Um, and then when you look at, you know, on the eastern side, yeah, you have Mexico, you know, South America and Canada. But, like, 
you know, if this was a pickup basketball game, I would like the East. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> if we was about to get into a fight, I'd be on the East side, head ass. But, uh, and so going from there, when we look at our monetary system, right, our monetary system is what's kept America on top, you know, especially with our military. But we've been able to use our our currency as a weapon. You know what I'm saying? Like you said before, two thirds of the world transacts in the dollar. So that's hella leverage. You know what I'm saying? We can kick you out of our we can kick you out of the system. Right. If you don't act right, we can kick you out of the system. We can shut you off from the money supply. And. Countries don't like that. You feel me? Like they're like, you know, at the end of the day, they've been waiting on a time to, you know, separate from the dollar. And now it appears that that time is now. Everybody else is on their shit. You know what I'm saying? Like the reason why, you know, Europe and all of these other places and Germany and Russia and everybody else on the West end of the world or East end of the world were trying to catch up was because you know in the 40s and all that you know america was the shit you know as far as industrialization military militarily you know what i'm saying we was bombing everybody you know what i'm saying like we were the only country to survive the world wars you know what i'm saying like it was in germany's and europe's backyard you know what i'm saying even when we dropped the nuke over on you know hiroshima and all that you know we were in all those areas you know what i'm saying but like there's never been a war here, you know, thankfully, but at the same time, it's like, so basically everybody was blown up. And so we were the only ones that actually had like industries and shit like that. So we basically had a head start. But now, you know, with the internet and things like that, we've leveled the playing field. And Mm -hmm. to that stake, when you look at crypto, crypto has leveled I think he froze. So now there's like a for everybody else. Wait, Brian, can you hear us? And um, you know, so, oh, can you hear us? <laughs> you you kind of grayed out the last couple of uh, statements you just made. Yeah, that was. Can you hear us? Damn. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. we, we heard most of it, but you you might have to just go over the last three statements. Of course, I'll edit this, so don't worry about it. No, that was trying to listen in, so. Damn. All right. Um, fuck, I feel like I was on a roll. You were, but, <laughs> you, you, you were, but China wanted to listen in and see what we were talking about, so go ahead. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So with crypto right now, it's leveling the playing field. So basically everybody was trying to catch up to America. You know what I'm saying? You know, moon race, all that shit, wars. We were the only country and economy to be still booming after all these wars. You know what I'm saying? None of the wars were in our backyard. So we already had that head start. Secondly, you know, outside of military, the the unit of account that we use for our currency, the dollar, is what everybody else uses. And so that's our money. And so we can kick people out of that system. And so now with crypto, that is the back door leveling the playing field. And so... Um, you know, countries like Russia and China and everybody on the east co- east side of the world are realizing that and adapting quicker than we are, right? So when we look at our, you know, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, you know, trying to make Libra, he just testified in court basically saying that if America doesn't innovate, you know, we'll be surpassed or left, you know, irrelevant. And that's the true statement because, 
you know, basically what's what we've been doing to the world as far as kicking people out of the money flow and shit like that. So, and so when you look at it, you know, we today, uh, October 30th, uh, Fed's made another rate cut, right? We had a previous rate cut in August. And historically, six months after every interest rate cut, the U.S. has made a uh, the U.S. has made a recession follows. And so October 29th, uh, Tokyo uh, just announced that uh, is it Tokyo, Hong Kong, sorry, entered a recession. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, essentially, like I said before, if, it, if the dollar is rat poison, you know, what I'm saying we're going to feel the effect last, but the dominoes are slowly falling into place. And so, I mean, as far as crypto and, and Bitcoin and things like that, I mean, right now, you know, China, as far as mining, they definitely have a stronghold on that. Like they're, 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 they're positioned right. So if this was a wave, you know what I'm saying? They're, they're about to fucking Raymundo that bitch. You feel me? They about to rocket power that, you know what I'm saying? Like, they are <laughs> cusp. Hey, <laughs> I did not pick up. <laughs> I, I didn't pick up first of what you said, but definitely Ray. I damn, I forgot about him. <laughs> damn, bro. Shit. Yeah, you know how that's for the you know. If you're '90s baby, you know what that means. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Strong points, bro. Strong points for sure. Um, anything to add to that, uh, Regus? Nah, man, he, he pretty much hit the nail on the head, man. Definitely, definitely. I mean, um, I think we pretty much covered all the points that we wanted to get through uh, today. Um, uh, any Anything else you guys want to add? Um, no, nah, I got nothing. All right. And, and, and again, I, I've... At, at the uh, TTM um, headquarters, we do try to provide you guys with the most accurate and uh, quality content. Um, so we're, we're definitely hardworking uh, guys who are who are trying to figure things out together. You know, we got we got big things on the horizon. We're actually going to talk about those things after the podcast. So um, stay tuned uh, to future episodes and uh, stay tuned to some other things that we have uh, cooking up. All right. This is the Conscious Experience, guys. Uh, thanks for tuning in. We are live. Welcome back to the Conscious Experience. For those who are new to this podcast, expect to hear a reasonable dialogue on any and everything. We here at the TTM headquarters work hard to provide you guys quality and accurate information. So in doing so, if you want more content or have questions, please follow our Instagram page, the Conscious Experience underscore underscore. So with that being said, 
Uh, this episode will be on another financial segment that targets the monster in the uh, closet for most millennials, and that is student loans. Yes, I said it. And I am joined here by the family, as always. My brother, my right-hand man is in the building. What's up, B-Lap? Yo, what's good, everybody? And we got the financial guru in the building as well. What's good, Regis? What's good, man? What's up? What's up? (laughs) So let's get straight to it. Um, Most people... Most millennials have history in debt already. Uh, I know for myself, I do. And I, uh, I'm i not too sure about Brian, but I think you do as well, Regis. Uh, what is your history with debt? Um, so, yeah, man. So, um, really do the debt. The majority of my debt comes from student loans, um, which is the topic I want to talk about tonight. Um, just because it's a, it's a serious issue. Uh, we're getting to the point where um, what's called shadow banking, which we'll talk about it later. Um, topic as well, but basically, man, student loans is, is something that needs to be addressed, right? Um, $1.6 trillion um, is attributable to student debt. Um, there's no way of getting rid of it. So a lot of people don't know is that even though you can declare, you know, bankruptcy, right? Um, student, loans, student loans don't go away. So that's a problem. Um, so a little bit of background for me is that um, during high school, I was recruited because uh, I played football with lap. And, you know, I was, I was recruited by some decent schools. Um, it just has so happened to be I was actually recruited by a lot of Ivy League schools. So Harvard, Princeton, Yale, um, you name it. The thing is, yeah, I had to score high, right? Unfortunately, I'm not even going to get a test taken and tell you that for a fact. I'll never lie to you. So long story short, I did get into those schools and then I'm going to CUNY College. Um, but with every setback, there's always a setup for success, right? So everything's happens for a reason. There is no coincidence. That's what I believe in. And, and here I am today. Um, the average statistic uh, for students coming out right now for debt is about $34,000, um, I'm way below that. I have a little bit over 8000 student debt that I can pay off in about a year, a year and a half. I'm not really aggressive with it. Um, I have a lot of that to thank for... Um, the low cost of community college and the scholarships I received from community college and the university that I still attend finishing up um, in less than 40 days. Majority of those student loans was uh, just to fund a lifestyle, to be honest with you. Luckily, um, I didn't really go deep into it. Obviously, that's when I was 18, 19 years old, so I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. So that's really my history with debt. <laughs> Sim- like similar to you, uh, Regis, my I was again someone who was young and had no idea what they were doing with their finances. I actually opened up a credit card. Mm. My mom actually opened up for me, and it was like a birthday present and kind of like a sending off away to college. And I had like a uh, account, right? <laughs> you know where I'm going, right? You know where I'm going. <laughs> so I opened up with um five hundred. And uh, basically, it was just used for emergencies, right? If I if I needed something really fast or really quickly, so a necessity, I would use the credit card if I had no excess funds to go get it. But you know, being eighteen, being nineteen, you eat out a lot, you meet a lot of people, peer pressure, you get influenced to do crazy shit. So, I probably spent up to sixty percent of uh of the amount that was given which was 500 probably just on takeout takeout and um and uh video games 
So <laughs> imagine that. Imagine that. And I actually spent up 98% of my funds. Um, so it was, uh, it, it, it was, it was intense because I just felt like I had a credit card. Like I just got a credit card and, and you know, I'm spending here and there, spending here and there. I'm still thinking I got like 300 left. You know, I didn't spend too much and shit, I'm 98% in the hole. So what I did was I got real disciplined. I, I actually hid my credit card under my bed, was never going to use it again. And I just got really aggressive with the payments. Whenever I got extra money from scholarships, uh, I would I would put that money back and uh, and get really aggressive and start paying off my credit card. And I'm happy to say that I owe nothing. So, uh, there we go. That's that's a round of applause right there. That's, that's just a round of applause right there. <laughs> I'm trying to get like y'all boys. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, first years of college, I was on scholarship, and then even before then. Um, so have y'all seen like the commercials for like Gerber? Like a penny yeah. and all that yeah, type of stuff. Yeah. I basically had a plan like that. So I had, it's called Florida prepaid. And so okay. um, if uh, basically if you go to a uh, in-state school, you know what I'm saying? You basically have the tuition basically like paid for up to a certain amount. <clears throat> so it's almost like how somebody has like health insurance, their insurance just pays like the adjustment. So it's like tuition is like way cheaper. So I had that going on. And then um, when I graduated high school, um, I had my dad had like a mutual fund, like saved up for me as well. So like basically like off rip, like that first year was basically like I was straight because like I wasn't getting financial aid at all. So like it was basically just like what we already had like planned out. So it wasn't really until my senior or not even my senior year basically like I quit playing football my sophomore year and so my junior year I was off scholarship but I still had the Florida prepaid and so then it was more out of more so out of pocket but it was like my dad I got like a credit card and so I was just like I one time I ended up using it but the limit was like I think the limit was like 2000 or something like that and there was a point, like my last semester when I was at FAM, where the deadline to like pick classes was coming up, and like I didn't have the money, so I was like, "Fuck!" So I just had to use the credit card. And then my last year, obviously, you know, what I'm saying when you retake, so for Florida prepaid, it goes you you have 120 credits on the dot, so basically enough to graduate that's already paid for. But you know, what I'm saying if you got to retake a class. You know what I'm saying? You have to like pay that back. So like my last semester, like when I was graduating, I'm having to pay because I I think I retook like I want to say three classes in my college career. So I had to like basically pay that difference back. That's what's up. I I hear a lot of uh, stories, uh, close friends actually who are up in that average ring radius where we're like that 30 35,000 range and man it they they have jobs um like the 9 to 5 traditional 9 to 5s but then they're only getting like 19 an hour and and they're hoping they get promoted and stuff like that but <clears throat> i mean you're going to need a lot to get that to get that cut down you know to to start uh doing like aggressive payments so it's tough so yeah man so and, and that's another thing to bring up as well 
So, well, the first thing is like the the the, the issue what I have personally, and, and the issue that I'm sure a lot of people have. And keep in mind that's just an average statistic, right? You know, people in the 35 to 40 range. There's people who have six, you know, six figure debts, right? And and usually a lot of them have to do with you know becoming lawyers and doctors, right? You're going to rack up that amount of debt, but some people, you know, rack up that amount of debt, you know, on a psychology degree, you know, something not 95% you're not going to be able to use, right? Or you have to go back to school to get a PhD to even have some type of relevance or some type of competitiveness in, in that in that field of market. I'm not picking on psychology degrees. It's just, you know, that's just a general thing. And that's usually the case with, you know, general psychology, you know, sociology, any of those degrees that, you know, Versus a engineering degree, which I know I'm going to automatically get a return on my investment, right? Because that's something that's needed right now. That's something that, you know, everybody wants always to build something. We're always looking to bend and, and be new and, and futuristic and all that, all the good jazz. Um, exactly. The, the, the problem I have is when, and so I'm going I'm to bring a lot of the Dave Ramsey um, mantra here. Um, and I noticed you, Therese, you said that you uh, cut up your, uh, you put your card away or cut it up or whatever had me be. That, that reminded me of the, of the Dan, Dave Ramsey solution. So if you guys don't know what Dave, Dave Ramsey is, he's been he's been a, a financial group for a very long time. There's a guy uh, called Chris Hogan who also works from. So Dave Ramsey always talks about cutting up your credit cards and not spending and using what's called the snowball effect. Um, in hindsight, the snowball effect is basically you start off with your smallest balance and then, you know, let's say, I don't know, it's $500, right? And you pay that off and then let's say you have a $1,000 debt and a $2,000 debt, right? So you pay the minimum payments for that and you aggressively attack debt, right? Because it's all about momentum, according to Dave Ramsey and his team. And once you pay off that, you know, um, credit card, um, you take that a balance plus the minimum payment, so it'll be five twenty-five, and then attack aggressively the thousand, and then you keep doing it until you snowball all the debt. That's the theory. That's the thesis behind it. So, again, the the problem I have is when you're eighteen, you are sitting in front of your guidance counselor, and you're trying to think of college options. And unfortunately, it's a business, man. Let's just be real here. Because what they do is they say, hey, you know, you should be looking at colleges. You know, what's your SAT scores? What's your ACT scores? And here's the thing. If you're not a good test taker, you're not going to get a good test taker. I mean, that's just how it is in life. We're, 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 not all the, we're not all the same. We're not all the different. So if you're not really a good test taker as I was, you're not going to qualify for those scholarships, right? So, you know, back in high school, I don't know if it's changed, but LAP remembers too. You know, your sophomore year, you go to the auditorium and, you know, we went to high school and you take what's called the PSAT, right? It's the, it's basically the pre-screening before the SAT, right? And if you scored high on this one, you could be eligible for scholarships, right? So if you score high in the ACT, SAT, you could be, you know, eligible for a full ride. Luckily, there's a, a company out there that helps you, you know, perform better. But, you know, for guys like me, you know, that opportunity didn't exist, right? I had to learn for myself. I didn't have the financial resources. I had the tools and I had the direction to learn all this. So you're sitting there trying to figure out where you want to college. Um, and then, you know, grounds kind of say, well, won't you go to, you know, these top brand name schools? I'm not going to name any because, you know, you can you can use your imagination. But, you know, but, you know, what about, oh, well, you know, what about going to community college, right? It's cheaper. 
you know, a lot of them are like, well, you don't want to go there. You're not going to, you're not going to get a good paying job. Well, just because you go into community college doesn't mean you can transfer, right? You know, at the end of the day, your degree says where have you got the university from. It doesn't matter where you went to community college from, right? So I think the, 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 the tonality and the perspective needs to change on that, right? We should be encouraging our, our, our youthful generation to go to community college, right? It's cheaper. And the level of degree is still as high as if I were to take an a English comp at a high-end university, right? I still had to work for my grades. It wasn't just handed to me. I still actually physically had to work for it, right? So, you know, having that expectation to say, hey, you know, or maybe college isn't for you. I'm 100% for trade schools, right? You can make a lot of money in trade schools. You know, electricians, you know, they make 30 an hour. You could be a welder. You can be a gas pipeline working up in North Dakota or Alaska, you know, making buku money um, because these are jobs people want to do. Um, and, you know, you back to, exactly. And, you know, going back to, you know, the, the second part of our the financial literacy podcast, I talked about going to trade school, starting on your own carpenter business, starting your own electricity business, and you start being, becoming successful that way. So there are different routes you can take. It's just a matter of having the right people to guide you to that way. So that's what I would say for, you know, young uncle becoming, if you feel like, you know, you know, you looked at the numbers and the numbers don't lie. And you're like, okay, well, if I go to this college, right, I'm probably going to have to take out a loan for $10,000. That's a bad move, right? Mm-hmm. Especially if you're going to get a degree that's not going to automatic return on investment, right? So for me, luckily, I have an accounting degree. That's a return on investment because I know everybody needs an accountant. People don't want to sit there and do taxes and, and look at financial savings all day. People want to grow the business, right? My job is needed, right? And another thing is, um, <clears throat> like I said, I don't I don't endorse anyone politically on here, but Andrew Yang is the most uh, common sense candidate, right? And the reason why I say this is because he brings up the truth, right? It's not immigration that's taking over our jobs. It's automation, right? You know, you, you got robots um, that are being built by companies. One of them is Boston Sciences Corporation, right? They're building medical devices and, and human-sized robots to, you know, take care of human needs, right? You know, you got the self-driving trucks that are going to occur, right? Elon Musk even talked about artificial intelligence on Joe Rogan's podcast. He even talked about it in his interview, in his uh, dual, dual interview with Jack Ma, CEO of Alibaba. So automation is coming, right? Half these jobs that these millennials and these and these younger generation are going into, it's going to be gone in the next five years, right? So they're going to be left with a stack of debt, a degree, a piece of paper that's worth nothing, and they're like you said, through they're going to be making you know nineteen twenty hour trying to meet ends meet, right? So you have let's say thirty thousand dollars in debt, you're only making eighteen thousand you're only making eighteen dollars an hour because you know you don't have any work work experience, so you have to do an entry level job, then you have to find an apartment. So that's another six hundred seventy bucks. I'm just being served, right? Because it's just way higher in apartments, right? Especially in the cost of living, right? So you're all automatically cash flow negative, right? And that's why you see a lot of people now moving in back with their parents, right? Because it's it's expensive, right? Because the the degree they thought was going to be worth something wasn't. So now they're going back living with their parents, and and and, and now they're trying to you know make ends meet and and trying to save up, and while at the same time paying off this debt. Exactly. And, and I have a, uh, I kind of want to expand on that. 
when it comes to these de- degrees, I my my whole opinion on it is if you if you're not going to college to learn a skill or learn a trade like being a medical doctor or like being an engineer or something to that effect, you you're pretty much wasting your time. Um, just from a general uh, investor's point of view, uh, if you have a bird's eye view on the business that is college, and you realize that most kids a either have either working a job that has nothing to do with what they graduated with, nothing to do with the degree that they graduated with, or B, they have no idea what they want to do after graduation. You can look at that and say, okay, that's a bad investment. That's a bad investment for most kids because in in today's age, there's so many opportunities out there, um, especially with the internet being involved. You, You can literally set up anything and be an entrepreneur and not have to go $10,000 in debt, $20,000 in debt to earn a degree, just to earn a paper that society accepts and, and, and calls you successful and you get on with your life. Yeah. And I'll, I'll expand off that as well. Basically just like, I can say like two stories. So I, I was in high school, I believe it was in high school. Somebody like came and spoke to maybe like the football team or like the graduating class about just like, college and he basically got almost got booed because he was saying like no he was basically saying like the <laughs> truth because like, he was just like you know you don't need to go you can go to a community college you know something you know basically just preaching that like hey you can go to community college it's okay like you'll save a lot more money basically for the same thing you know what i mean and stuff like that and we're just like what nah we trying to go to like you know big name <laughs> schools this and that yeah. And uh, in hindsight, it was like, yeah, he was trying to just probably save us low key. But um, yeah, I mean, plus with that, it's just like you can't really fake the funk. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't. I mean, obviously, as a kid, like it's a slippery slope just because like I've seen it happen to like family members as well as like, you know, if you're going to big brand name schools, your parents might have went there, this and that. You know what I mean? And like. It's known as a party school. You know what I'm saying? You you move out to like Tallahassee or somewhere like that and like where partying every night is a thing, being on the scene is a thing. But yet, you know, let's be real. Like on Instagram and social media, you look like you if you're in college, you look like you're winning. You look like you got money. But we're all broke. You know what I'm saying? Like we're all broke. But like <laughs> apparently yeah. we're not. You know what I'm saying? Because like the way people be spending money. You know what I'm saying? It's like, damn. But at that same point, it's because free money is so accessible. Like, all these loans are so accessible. So somebody be like, oh, yeah, I'll pay it down later. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like leaving a kid with cavities in a candy store. Yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying? It's like setting them up because they can just be like, yeah, well, duh, that's why I'm getting this degree. So I'll just pay it off. No, like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you, you can't take out all the money, you know what I'm saying? And like, you know, blow it, you know, splurge and then not expect to have to pay it back. Because right now, I mean, yeah, like it doesn't seem realistic based off of how the debts are that like people have to pay it back. But, you know, mm-hmm. nothing is free. Somebody's, you know, you have to pay some way, whether it's, you know, being taxed more up front or, you know, at the end of the year. And yeah, yeah. And, and and to your point, I think. 
uh, social pressure is is what causes a lot of that. I, I can I can tell you from my own personal experience and and also from my friend's perspective, no one wanted to be that loser who who would say, you know, I don't know what I'm doing after high school. I'm a, I'm going to take some time off or blase blase. No one wanted to be that loser. People people wanted to say, oh, I'm going to this college or I'm studying this or I'm going to be doing this or I'm moving out here. It, it's so so what that so what happens is it, it, it creates this social pressure and then on top of that you have family members who are who are pushing you to do something um, that you're not even sure of because for my life <clears throat> excuse me when when I was 18 19 I was getting ready for um, college I had an idea of who I was but I wasn't but definitely definitely compared to today it's 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 nothing you know I thought I wanted to go in and study exercise science and be some you know a uh, physical therapist slash firefighter and do that whole thing but kind of listening kind of listening to my uh, past goals and comparing to now now to my current thoughts and current ambitions and aspirations that I want to do is is nonsense I I was basically like I was basically like an extension of what my family wanted just because it was it was safe you know it was a safe job you have firefighting which you have the 401k and you know it's a a pretty good title which I don't knock firefighting if you're a firefighter you're a badass in my book but you know for me and, and my personal journey those were the things I had in mind when I went to college and I really didn't care uh, if I had to take out a loan or anything like that. So, but to say that, I think that's what most kids are kind of being baited into just that social pressure of not being that kid that says, Oh, I don't know what I'm doing or. Yeah. And to your point, and there's a famous quote by Sun Tzu, um, you know, the book, the art of war, he says, when I let go of who I am, I become what I might be. And what he means by that is, you know, many of us go throughout our lives fulfilling other people's expectations but our own. And, you know, in the end, we all feel numb and we are full of regret. Um, and I think there's a lot of pressure on the kids, too, from the parents, you know, wanting them to go to this college, right? Oh, your grandfather went here. I went here, right? You'll hear that a lot. Or, you know, this is the way in order for you to get a good paying job, you need to go here. The problem is... The parents are stolen, you know, they're in the, they're in the, you know, they learn from their parents, right? Those parents mm-hmm. were in the age where, you know, go to school, get a good job, retire at 65 and, you know, and live happily ever after. So you see that vicious cycle that's continuing to happen now, but unfortunately that's just not the case. That's not, it's not feasible anymore to, to have this expectation that, all right, if I'm going to spend, you know, a six-figure education at a very prominent school, that my my kid is going to, you know, get a $80,000 job right off the rip. Okay, unless you're, work, unless you're going to Harvard Business School and you're going to get a job at Boston Consulting, it's not a 10 chance. It's just not going to happen. And um, there's also a paper I wrote, um, and I, again, I brought this on the previous podcast about should government interfere with how they subsidize universities, right? Because, you know, we have, you know, 5X, we have a 5X on the, the cost of tuition um, on these schools, but, you know, we, we don't have the return on that. So essentially, it's like looking at, um, it, it, it's like looking at an over-leveraged options contract, right? You're, you're over-leveraged to the point to where if this really crashes, you're screwed. 
which is what we see, right? And this is what I mean by how college is a business, right? Nothing is a coincidence, right? Everything is meant for a reason. So have you ever noticed when you do a tour at a big university, right? You're going to go see certain places. Yeah, you're going to see the admissions office. Yes, you're going to see the finishing office, right? You're going to see what you're what you're supposed to see, right? In order to have understanding, if you have any questions, right? I'm totally okay with that. Yeah. The thing is, though, then you'll go to the gym. You'll see the nice gym. You'll see the right climbing wall. You'll see the three levels of weights we have here. You'll see all the the hot, attractive people, right? It's a lifestyle. Then you'll go down to the calf. The calf state of the art has all the fresh and nice food you could ever see. And then you go to like some event that's happening right now and you'll take a tour of that. And they, they, they're feeding you the, the lifestyle. Like, oh, this is the life you can live if you attend our university. And then they show you the dorms. They show how nice the dorms are. Like, oh, you can be living here. You can be independent. You can, you know, live the lifestyle that you want to live. Because it's all about lifestyle, man. That's why people go to college. Just live the college life, man. Be independent. Go to parties. Make friends. You know, pull all-nighters. You know, it's the college experience, right? Mm-hmm. But college, But college is like a vacation, right? You check in, you enjoy the amenities, right? And you check out. Unfortunately, this comes with interest, which is what we call a student loan. So you have to carefully navigate your way through the college experience, right? Fortunately, me, I didn't really have much of a college experience, right? I was always working. I was either at school or I was always working. And I'm thankful for that because here I am, um, you know, not stressing um, – about, you know, how am I going to make the next payment on student loans? Um, so I'm thankful for that. But um, there, there are a few steps along the way for you to either, you know, prevent that. Or if you're in student loans right now, or if you got out, you know, what's the next step? But before we go on that, do you guys have anything you want to add? Yeah. Yeah, this, uh, yeah I mean, my bad, y'all. I just, like, blanked out. but. <laughs> No, this, 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 yeah, really, but, this really helped me. <laughs> right? Yeah, but, but to your point, I mean, kids are not thinking about student loans. Those who are taking out loans, I, I'm telling you firsthand, they're not thinking about student loans because the experience is so overwhelming. Like you said, they show you the weight room, the three-floor story weight room. They show you the state of, state of the art of cafe. And it, most people are, are busy enjoying the amenities and the parties and going out. And and a, and a lot of time, uh, college is more of a uh, more of a personal growth than anything. You know, you, you do have the academic side. You do you do you do have to keep up with the academic side. But a lot of people grow so much in college and, and, and are focused. Their, their mindset and their, and their focus is more towards the social aspect where they're not even thinking about the financial uh, monster that they're literally cl- creating every semester. Every semester they're taking out loans. And, and eventually when you graduate and when you get away from that temporary state of vacation, then you have to deal with the hardcore reality, which is the loan that has collected interest, uh, based, b- depending on, on if you get sub, a subsidized or a unsubsidized loan. But if, if you can confirm this, let's see, I believe, <clears throat> I believe subsidized doesn't collect interest um, while you're in school, but unsubsidized does. Is that, is that correct? 
Yeah, that's correct. So subsidized loans, basically, it's on your financial need. And the government doesn't usually charge it, right? Because it's subsidized means they're subsidizing the interest rate. So for right now, luckily, the interest rates are very low. So, you know, you can get a, you can get a loan for about a three to four percent versus unsubsidized. You know, you can, you know, I was actually offered this um, in graduate school. Of course, I declined. Um, but the government can fluctuate the interest rates on what they charge you. Kind of like a like an arm mortgage, right? Um, an arm mortgage is an adjustable rate mortgage, right? So, like, basically, you can start out like at ten percent, and all of a sudden shoots up to like you know fifteen to twenty percent um, uh, of the loan. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's fucked up, dude. It's, it's fucked up how, especially when you're eighteen years old, and, you, and, and aside from student loans, you know, you get you get that credit card in the mail because they know you're eighteen. You know, you just turned you just turned eighteen. And they send yeah. you that credit card in the mail and say, oh, you know, you're, you're already pre of two. All you need to do is just sign. And you sign the dollar line. Like, oh, man, I got $500, man. But, like, but really, it's not yours. Um, oh, man, I can find $500, but you really have 26% interest rate. Um, Me. <laughs> and, right. And, uh, you know, you start, and you start going to fucking, you know, champ, champ store. And you go to, you know, PacSign. <laughs> and you start fucking swiping the card. And but you know you, you don't you're not making any serious deal. So now you're already stuck in the rat race. So now you're just another just another person. Um, the banks are are are, um, are profiting off of. Um, so yeah. Yeah. To expand so off me, of that, I found the point right. I was gonna make. Uh, in DJ Khaled's voice, don't ever play yourself. <laughs> yes. So yes. I say that because uh, one of the major things that you're like you know that I realize is that. You know, college nowadays is more of a social thing, right? You go for a social event really because you don't see, like, a lot of people don't identify themselves as academics, you know what I'm saying, like true scholars, you know what I'm saying? Somebody that's, you know, they don't identify themselves as, like, true students, you know what I'm saying? Everybody wants to, you know, identify themselves as, you know, a social person or this and that, like, not so many people are there that are really good test takers, you know what I'm saying? Especially at, like, schools that are non-Ivy League, you know what I'm saying? Like, shit, you know, undergrad, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and I feel like, shit, that's cool. what school period. But for some people, there are actually people there that are on academic scholarships, you know what I'm saying, that are actually, like, smart as fuck. And I feel like that's really only, like, 10% of the college population that is at that school, low-key, because everybody's there is everybody else is really just, you know, uh... Yeah, they're studious, but like at the end of the day, it's like, you know, how many people like taking tests or how many people are yeah. really good at taking tests? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you can outwork. I mean, if you in high school, if you definitely if you just do the work in high school, you know what I'm saying? And then on top of that, you might have some late nights. You can easily get a B honor roll. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But in college, it's kind of like a different animal. But at the same time, it's definitely doable. But like to, you know. Just graduating, just getting by, that's never, you know, you never want to be in that pack. Like, after you graduate, nobody really asks about your GPA, you know what I'm saying? And there's a reason for that, unless you're trying to go for, like, you know, your doctors or your masters, you know what I mean? But, you know, if 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 you're somebody coming out of high school and, you know, you don't have the highest GPA or, like, the highest test score and you're kind of just barely getting in, that's low-key a red flag right there. Even as a parent, you know what I'm saying? Like, you should, you know, it's like, as an investment, it's like, 
you, there's no need to force it or like over leverage you know what i mean mm-hmm. and so yeah it's like that's the major thing i just feel like college nowadays is really just a social event because at the same time it's like you can really just i mean what you're learning is mostly <clears throat> outdated um i believe it's called moore's law i think it's every 12 or 18 months information is outdated so like all these textbooks things like that i mean it's not really current information it's more just like college is more for or even school the way it's taught is more for memorization and mm-hmm. why the fuck do you need to memorize anything when you have a phone in your hand that has the internet mm-hmm. and so that's why like with automation a lot of jobs aren't going to be here because you know the the way we base knowledge and how everything is is like it hasn't caught up because the way we're, we're taught and the way we try to learn is basically with trying to you know pretend that the internet isn't there that like mm-hmm. people still got to read dictionaries for real or you know like you can really just any question that you have you know what i'm saying any uh algebraic question you know calculus all that you know what i'm saying just type it into your phone or right? even if it's like a uh, a literary question you know what i'm saying like you have autocorrect all these things and so it's like you know what you know what what is it for that's a uh, great point that you have b uh let me ask you guys something do you guys feel like college is a scam yeah i mean i feel like it definitely plays on the middle class's uh low self-esteem yeah i mean yeah, I mean, like, think about it, bro. Like, again, like, unless, like, you know, you're going to go to an Ivy League school, dude, you're not guaranteed to make a minimum of 80, 90 to six figures, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of that obviously has to do with, you know, families, right? Because the families contribute to the endowments of those Ivy League schools, right? So automatically going to get that good job, right? Um, mm-hmm. I think the second best thing would be an engineer. But, you know, engineers start off about 60, 70, right? Um, and again, dude, in a perfect world, dude, if 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 we constructed a college right now, I would only have a few certain things, STEM and business. That's the only two things, and in a, in a trade too as well, right? Those are only three things I would have in that school. Anything else you can you can you can do as a hobby, you know? You, you don't need a you don't need a degree in psychology to study people. I mean, you can just walk outside and there's fucking people watching, like, oh yeah, that person's fucked up, or that person you, you can start reading people i mean you don't need a you don't need to spend money to do that you can read books right if you, you know, we live in a world of information which i talked about countless of times where i can google anything or youtube anything and i can figure out how to do it right that's how a lot of people um start off as entrepreneurs right they don't have the experience right so they start research okay well you know what do i do to optimize search engine optimization okay i need to do this this and that i didn't have to they didn't have to you know spend $40,000 to learn how to do search engine optimization, um, you know, at a school. That's, that's uh, just to, just to expand off of that, you brought up a great ass point. If you really want to learn something, you don't need to be taught it. You'll teach yourself, you know, mm-hmm. all the tools are there. Like you have D, you know, you'll see on YouTube as far as like creative shit, like DIY people doing it themselves, blah, blah, blah. Like all the books are, are out there. Like if you want to learn, you know, chemistry biology bioengineering how to code you can people are self-taught coders you know what i'm saying like i didn't go to class to learn about crypto i didn't go to class to learn about forex you know what i'm saying like when you're interested in something 
you'll te- you can teach yourself. You know what I mean? Like, there's been, I mean, countless people. I mean, if you look at Elon Musk, yeah, he's a genius, but at the same time, like, it's all a formula. You know, if you just transition, um, you know, if you like, if you just transition the formula. So the basically the way that you know qu- uh, quarters are set up. You know, you got your nine weeks, this and that, and how they like try to. Uh, teach the curriculum and you do that improvise that on your own time when you say you're out of school or something like that and you kind of basically you know set up a schedule of when you want to learn and stuff like that you can definitely teach yourself anything you want to know um, especially the fact that like most of these professors aren't doing it themselves facts and so if you're if you find yourself you know if you're 18 19 and and, and you find yourself with the dilemma of um, okay well, I definitely have to go to college and I definitely want to go to college. But how do I um, how, how do I keep away from debt? How do I keep away from uh, getting into immense amount of debt? One thing that I, I would recommend um, <clears throat> is applying as for many scholarships as you possibly can. There are so many uh, good scholarships out there that provide uh, that 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 provide um, large amounts of finances, to be to be honest. And I would also say don't fall into the social hype. Don't 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 feel like you have to buy, you know, shoes from Champs and Foot Locker or, you know, have to buy like the latest stuff like you're you have a mission. You know, you have a mission when you go to college and it's to get that education and to uh, and to be a a a student. So don't don't waste your time. Um, and, and don't get into a huge, immense amount of debt because I've definitely seen close, close friends uh, make those, those mistakes. And now they graduated and now, you know, <laughs> they get, they're getting emails sent saying you have 40000 plus in loans and uh, interest is collecting on it. So uh, we're going to need a payment. <laughs> we're going to need a payment plan. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So in a perfect world. Um, this is what I would suggest, right? So let's say, yes, I want to go to college. I want to get a higher education. You're set on it, right? You're 18 years old. Okay, cool. First thing you want to do is study very hard for your SAT or ACT, right? Qualify for the scholarships that you're going to get, right? Let's say you don't get that. Okay, plan B, go to community college, right? I still want to go to college, but I'm going to go another route, right? One door closes, another one opens. What a lot of people don't realize is I actually didn't realize until the end of my community college experience is that community colleges have scholarships just like the big universities, and they have a lot of money. The problem is people don't apply for that because, A, they're not informed, B, they don't qualify, or C, they just don't. So I would search to see, okay, what scholarships are offered um, at my community college and take advantage of those. Score really well on your grades, right? Get that three eight, three nine, and rack up with the change, dude. You know, screw the whole. Oh well, you know, you're just double dipping. Yeah, motherfucker, I'm double dipping because I, I got shit to pay, dude. So rack up all the much as money as you can, and then once you have enough, right? You're paying off your fall semester classes. Start paying your summer classes, right? In cash, right? You know, because all the <clears> money that you saved up, you'll have some saved up. Go ahead and put a thousand or you know six to nine months as an emergency fund, right? Because you know you're gonna have such shit happens. That's just the way it is in life, and you know press on. Once you graduate, repeat, wash, rinse, repeat. Figure out what the scholarships are you offer. This is I'm talking about just university wise too. Figure out what scholarships you have to offer. 
apply for those, get those, continue to, to the grind, and uh, keep racking up dough. And then you'll get to a point where you can just start paying your education for free, all because of scholarships. Now, you can also apply for scholarships outside of the university too, right? If you're an accountant like me, you can apply for accounting scholarships that are eligible outside of the university, right? Or you can use a good website called Scholarly. Scholarly's been around for years now. Basically, shows you a list of all the scholarships you qualify based on parameters. That, that's the advice I would give a person who's going into college. Now, let's say you already have debt, right? Let's say you graduated college, you got some debt on you, right? Let's just say it's just student loans in this case, right? But the same concept applies to all types of debt, whether it's mortgage, credit cards, auto loans, you got it, right? Now, for um, <clears throat> if you're in debt right now, let's say you have subsidized and, ups, and, ups, and unsubsidized, go ahead and start paying off. Be aggressive with the unsubsidized loans, right? Because those interest rates can change because you don't know what the fuck is the Fed is going to do. So you might as well start paying off the debt that you know is not a guarantee that's it's not going to stay at that sub 3%. So once you start paying that off, start, start doing the snowball effect and start attacking that debt, but also start putting away your emergency fund. Because again, you know, you don't want to be at the point where, you know, something happens to your vehicle or something like major happens with medical. And now you have to pull out your credit card to pay for it, right? You're just putting yourself back into the hole. So, Again, that's what I would recommend for people to do it that way. And by the way, this is a this is a, a listener who listens to podcast. She as she told me to ask these questions. So shout out to that after listener, Rachel. She knows who she is. So um so uh, another question she asked as well. She said, Well, you know, how can I build credit, right? And now when we talked about debt, we're talking about getting out of debt, but remember. We're financial literacy people here. There's a difference between good debt and bad debt, right? Mm-hmm. Good debt obviously is other people's money, right? Using other people to pay off your debt to service it. Bad debt would be like this, right? So one thing to do when you, if you do get a credit card, right, which should, should only be for emergencies, but I'd rather pay for everything cash, is you know get one of those prepaid credit cards, right? So like Wells Fargo's, for instance, where I used to work at. We used to have what's called a secured credit card. I'm sure it's still there. You put up your own money, right? So, you know, a limit of $500, you put up $100, that's your money, right? It's not the bank's money, it's your money. And only use that card for something you know you're going to need. And I stress this enough, you know you're going to need and you know you can pay it off every month. Great example, gas. You're going to need gas. Gas costs about 40, 50 bucks, depending on your vehicle. Maybe 20 if you have a, like a Hyundai or something. Use that as a recurring payment. Hide the credit card, shred the credit card, do whatever you need to do. Because if you don't have the financial discipline to, you know, have in your wallet and not spend it for anything else, then you need to do that. And just keep doing that. And that's how you build credit. That's how you start to build credit, right? Because you still need credit. It's because you need to get, you know, your mortgage and, and, and all that good jazz, right? So, that's how you can build credit. So that's how you can get out of the debt. Now, let's say, you know, you're finally, um, let's say you're finally home free, right? Or you have a little bit of debt remaining, right? Let's say, I don't know, you may have $5,000 left, right? So um, there's a couple of good companies, a couple of good websites to look up. So one is called uh, Changed. So C-H-A-N-G. ED, so capital ED, 
So basically, this is a Shark Tank company. So basically, what this does is it takes, um, it, it's just like acorns, right? So whatever you spend, let's say you buy a cup of coffee for $2, right? I'm sorry, like $1.50, right? It rounds up that 50 cents and applies it to a, a bucket, right? And once the change app hits $100, automatically goes to your student loans. So you're continuing to pay off student loans. So really, you have no excuse not to pay off your student loans, right? Because I guarantee you, you're going to be at Starbucks buying a cup of coffee right now instead of paying off your student loans. So if you're going to buy a cup of coffee, you might as well have the change round up to start paying it off. So that's one thing to start setting it up without even realizing, right? It's just like Acorns. It's called change. Take a look at it. Start paying off student loans. The SAT thing I told you about, there's a thing called SAT Prep. Uh, you may have to correct me on that. It's another Shark Tank company. This company allows you to um, it teaches you, and it, it's a tutor to basically help you score higher for um, SAT and ACT, so you can get those scholarships, right? So these are some of the tools and resources you can use in order to better yourself. And again, once you're out of debt, do not go back in. Please don't do it for me. Do it for the fam. Don't go back into debt, okay? If you're going to go back into debt, it better be because you're buying real estate and, you know, you're doing this, this, and that. But if you're just going to debt just because, you know, you want a new flashy car, which you fucking don't need, then don't be that person. Um, so, yeah, that, that's that's really my advice for the three stages. Um, hopefully that helps. So, yeah. You got yeah. anything, Brian? Uh, yeah, probably just uh, an unpopular opinion. Um, as well, just to, I guess, expand off of that as well. Um, I would say, you know, there are a lot of people that are, like, literally, like, fucking around or, like, fucking off, you know what I'm saying? And kind of, like, playing the blame game as far as, you know, you end up in all this debt and you wonder how you got into it. And it's kind of your fault, in a sense, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I say that to say, like, you know, if you're going to accept the responsibility, you know what I'm saying, definitely work for it, you know, work to pay it off, you know what I mean? Like, get disciplined, get serious, you know what I'm saying, about the situation. You know, there's some people that will dig themselves in a hole and be like, well, I might as well keep digging, you know what I'm saying? Or, well, <laughs> it's already ruined, let me ball it up some more. And it's like, nah, like, you know what I'm saying, get serious, like, turn, you know what I'm saying, like, do what you have to do to make this shit happen. Like, there's a lot of people that are, you know, in hella debt or, you know what I'm saying, not in a good position, maybe have like terrible credit, but based off of how they live in, you wouldn't even know it. Yeah. And so, you know, to that point, it's just like, yeah, bro, like I'm at, I may not be in the same position, but at the same time with my mindset, I probably won't ever be just because like, I'm not going to try to like, I'm not going to try to fake it or, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just going to accept what comes with, you know what I'm saying? Like even having a credit card, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I have three, you know what I'm saying? Do I use them? No, I don't. I just have them on auto pay for like little shit like, you know, uh, like Apple music and stuff like that just to, you know, build up history and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to go to the bar, you know what I'm saying, and using bitches to get drinks or nothing like that. And it's just, uh, you know, just, you know, just like being serious about your financial future. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's all it really comes down to. Just like, being serious, listening to guys like Regis, you know what I'm saying, listening to, you know, people like, you know, Dave Ramsey, you know, Robert Kiyosaki, and really just, uh, you know, just getting serious about your financial future. 
Definitely, definitely. I, I have a, a little personal story. So when, when I went into uh, super huge uh, credit card debt, when I used like 98% of uh, what I was given, um, my credit score took a hit as well. Um, and so when I came back and I was really aggressive and, and, I, and I paid everything off, it went, so it went down 120, I think it was like 120 points. And then when I paid it off, it went up to like 130, which is now, which is now great. But you, when, when, when you're disciplined and when you set, um, when you, when you, when you set, uh, I, I guess a method out to pay, pay your debt, um, aggressively, you will see the reward in your credit score as well, which is a huge thing. Yeah, I'm done. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, uh, I, was, yeah, I made I was, my I was, point. You know, I was waiting, I was waiting for the suspense. Yeah, bro. And it goes back to the same, bro. Discipline equals freedom, man. Um, and really, it makes sense. So you got to have discipline in, in every aspect, right? So, like, you know, whether that's waking up um, and, and fucking going for a run or waking up and going working out, or, you know, as Gary B. And that's my boy, man. You can either hunt from 7 to 12 a.m., which we're doing right now, or you can have, you know, deployed patients, right? For me, personally, for me, I like to hunt from 7 to 12, right? Because right now people are in bed right now, but I'm still up getting after it. Um, and, you know, and that spills over to everything else because if you, if you fuck up in one area, then you're going to fuck up in everything else, right? It becomes a chain reaction, right? You know, you, you, you don't – you snooze your alarm – you wake up, you're late for work, now you're scrambling around, you didn't pack the lunch, and now you have to go buy something, and now you buy something shitty, and now you feel like shit, and now you don't feel like working out. See, it, it, it becomes a, a, a vicious cycle. Um, again, that's why, you know, doing martial arts, right, keto, Muay Thai, um, Jiu-Jitsu, right, those are very important Jiu-Jitsu. tools that... <laughs> This boy, this boy, this boy, this boy is waiting for to say that. I said, My moment, (laughs) my ears perked up. What are you telling (laughs) like the damn Lion King and shit? But uh, yeah, man, so like that's another thing, it's very important, um, to, to be in some type or even wrestling, which I used to do too. Um, but yeah, man, um, you know, if you have the discipline to say, Okay, here's my plan. Here's what I'm going to do. Then you're then you're going to get to where you need to be, right? You know, focus on the things that really matter, right? Because you know the thing about college, man, people come and go, dude. You know, you're going to meet a lot of people, but a lot of people are going to move away. You're not going to see them anymore, dude. If you know what your goal is at the end of the day, then you need to follow that. You know, don't get distracted by the fucking girls or the guys or whatever you're into. You know, because they're going to be there for temporarily and they're going to leave, right? You need to focus on your goal. Figure out what you're gonna do, and then take action. Yeah, and to expand off of that, definitely just grind. You know what I'm saying? Like, debt is a part of life. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you if you're not if you know you're not gonna grind, or you know if you know you don't want it that bad, you're not fooling anybody, or you're not even helping anybody. You're not even helping yourself if you know that you don't want it that bad. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you know that you know you're taking out all this debt for a degree that you don't even care about you know what i'm saying that's a red flag as well you know what i'm saying you're not really you know just stay true to yourself you know what i'm saying like when you know who you are you'll know what you want and um 
shit, as far as the grind, I mean, it really, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, when it comes to discipline and grinding, you know what I'm saying? Like, for example, there'll be some days where, like, you know, if if it's, you know, if 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 I'm if I'm trying to, you know, invest more into into crypto or, you know, trying to put money to, you know, forex or, you know, whatever, whatever, there may be days where it's like, hmm, all right, well, I'll like limit myself, like, you know, shit, maybe like thirty, forty dollars a week, you know, for food or some shit, or I might just be like, fuck it, bro, I might not need to eat today. And yeah, that sounds like some weak shit, but at the same time, <laughs> but at the same time like, that's how bad I want it for some. You know what I'm saying? It'll just be like, honestly, bro, you know what I'm saying? I'm hydrated, or, or like you fucking, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> or you know what I'm saying? Just like being up late as fuck, knowing you know, like for example, like I normally go to bed at like 1 a.m. You know what I'm saying? And I have to be, you know, up. I'll, I'll wake up at like, you know, eight, eight o'clock, seven thirty. Sometimes I, you know, might even be up till two. Who knows? But at the same time, it's just like, how bad do you want it? Like, what are you working for? Like, what'll keep you going? You know, to persevere through these little obstacles. And at the same time, like, I don't have to do none of that. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I wanted to, yeah, for sure I could eat. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, it's just like having that little discipline, you know what I'm saying? I don't do that a lot, but she feel me. It was just like little things like that, like through the journey, you know what I'm saying? Of just like, yo, like I'm really trying to get it. You know what I'm saying? Like, and just like doing calculated moves, you know what I'm saying? Like not reacting off of impulsive, you know, emotions, thoughts, or, you know what I'm saying? Little tricks, basically just like taking the bait, like don't get tricked out of your position because that's what's really, that's what really happens you know, to 18 year olds fresh out of high school when it comes to, you know, credit cards, things like that, like you just get tricked into taking the bait, whether it be like peer pressure or just, you know, opportunity, you know what I'm saying? Just like the opportunity to have basically what it appears to be free money. But, you know what I'm saying? College is only four years. So, you know, it can be longer than that for some people, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, like it's only a short window of life. And, you don't want to blow it all in four years. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to blow your load too quick, you dig? Yeah. Whoa, what are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, um, as, I, I, I definitely get it. And, and it's all worth it when you're sitting on a banana boat uh, smoking that cigar. You know what I'm saying? When you put in all those hours of work. I, I could tell you from uh, from, from personal experience, um, before, before I won um, my very first tournament, um, before I got gold, man, I would, I was, I seriously, uh, took all the distractions out of my life. Um, I seriously stopped talking to everybody. You can even ask Brian, like I went ghost for like a month. <laughs> he was probably like, what the hell? Yeah. No, boy size me. No, I'm fucking with you. I went ghost because I got after it. I woke up at 5 a.m. every morning just to fucking run. And it didn't matter if it was raining or if it was sunny. I was going to get after it because it was a mentality. It would, I was sharpening my mind. I had to get after it because I knew um, the guys I was going to meet on competition day did not give a fuck who I was. Didn't give a fuck about my story. They were just trying to take my head off. So um, you you can apply that competitive spirit to life. If you, if if you if you have a third of that spirit uh, towards your own personal joint, t- towards your own life, I promise you, uh, 
you you will start to see how you operate and you'll start to uh you you you'll start to uh, create a, a a better a better setting for yourself you'll start to think more advanced make uh better, smarter moves and and really dive into who you are as a person and what your life journey is that's a fact preach hey so did you want to get into uh how y'all feel about that topic? Like, we good or y'all want to get into uh, shadow banking? I mean, really shadow banking, man. So basically, just really the reason why once it's small music because shadow banking is a shit that a lot of people don't know about, right? It's basically the reason why we ended up in the subprime mortgage. And this is just my my take on it. So shadow banking is the unregulated market that happens. So derivatives and, and credit default swapping. Again, this is how the um, mortgage crisis happened. Um, so good, good, good episode of Rich Dad uh, Radio Channel where he has the guy on there. I forgot his name, Brand. I know you know. Um, and he talks about shadow banking, right? And if you guys remember how I talked about fractional reserving. But I also talked about how the scene in It's a Wonderful Life with George Bailey, his savings loans bank, and people wanted to take their money out, a.k.a. bank run, right, which we, we saw in Greece and, and in Cyprus and everywhere else. You know, they want to take their money out, but he's like, hey, I can't do that because your money is not in your account. It's loaned out to him. It's loaned out to her, right? And that's what's happening right now, right? And especially, like, where do you think all this money is being pumped into real estate? Where do you think that all that money is coming from? Fucking student debt. Like, all, all, the, all the, the money that's being poured into the real estate markets and into the stock markets, it's coming from student debt, right? It's a big circle of, of, of cash that's just circle swirling around um, that's happening as we speak. Because, you know, they have to borrow the money from somewhere. So why not sell the receivables, right? Because because that's what loans is, right? You're the payable, right? Because you owe them, and then they're the receivable, right? Because you owe them the money, right? So mm-hmm. think about it. So think about it, right? So this in accounting we call it factoring, right? So factoring receivables means, hey, I don't want to manage these receivables, right? So I'll pay you a percentage of fee, right? If you take these receivables off my hands, and the person's like, sure, we'll do that. And then once we collect, you'll receive a portion too. And so that's essentially what happened when the student loans weren't run by the government anymore. Also, fun fact, the student loans are not owned by the government anymore. It's owned by corporations. That's why you can't declare bankruptcy. That's why they have all these predatory practices and these shark loans that come out. And, and they, don't ca- they don't care about you. They don't care if you're homeless. Or they don't care about anything about that. They just want their money. So... You know, by you, you know, getting student loans, you essentially, you essentially sign the blood forever, forever, forever until you die. And then that's when they start. And it's even at a point which is really sad. Like, you know, people who are in retirement age, you know, are still paying off student loans. Now they're starting to garnish people's wages, literally going in and taking their Social Security from them because they still owe these student loans. So, again, what? they don't care. Yeah, bro. Really? You know that? Yeah, you know that? No, bro. That is dark. Yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. That, that, they're even taking in, in uh, garnishing wages because they still owed it. So, yeah, man. Um, 
that's what's happening right now. So that's my really on my take on shadow baking right now. Uh, to add that, so the guy's name was uh, Brian Reynolds um, when he first began talking. That was his name from uh, Rich Dad Radio. Good luck, good luck. And then, um, yeah, my only piece to add to that was, um, yeah, basically, you know, the debt, student loan debt has been monetized by the government. And then I guess, you know, obviously to, like your point, corporations. And so basically now, you know, they're including, you know, that debt as far, you know, as a part of, you know, our economy's GDP. So, yeah, they're going to want that money. You know what I'm saying? People, it's almost like, you know, they, they, they're, they're backing it with like bonds and loans like they're trying to sell this debt to other people you know what i'm saying to make money so it's almost like that debt is really just or you know that person dealing with that debt is now part of the machine and uh this all started back in uh 2010 um obama eliminated the federal guaranteed loan program which let private lenders offer student loans at like a low interest rate um, you know, now the Department of Education is the only place to go for, you know, these type of loans. And so, you know, basically it was sold like the government takeover of the loans was basically sold, you know, as a money saver. Um, so, you know, the selling point was, you know, why bear the cost of guaranteeing, you know, private loans when the government could cut out the middleman and lend the money itself? But obviously, you know, what I'm saying the cost savings didn't happen. And, you know, uh, you know, it, it increased the, you know, Congressional Budget Office's, you know, uh, costs by like 30 percent, which is like 27 billion dollars. But at the same time, they made, you know, a hell of a lot more money. Anything you want to add to us? Um, not really. I guess I guess the most I know about uh, shadow banking is uh, you have uh, unregulated activities being performed by regulated uh, corporations, which um, which is uh, which is it would do, which is a dark avenue. I mean, it's just the, it's just the truth and reality when it comes to uh, when it comes to a, a financial system, especially in uh, powerful uh, countries like the U.S. Uh, my question that I have for you guys, because you guys are experts, <clears throat> China, Bitcoin 2020, mm. what of <laughs> what effect uh do you guys like know the regulations like know, know the specifics on the regulations and what effect will it have on altcoins well so there's a lot of things going on in the crypto market man um domestic market you know there's, there's a lot of things going down right now a lot of things brewing right now so i'm sure as you wear president jajing um announced that he wants a blockchain for china right and that yeah. really sparked up the market so if you if you were following neo um you noticed that neo which is a, a chinese ethereum coin um went from around seven bucks to 12 bucks um mm -hmm. which is a big which is a big jump so you know with that and the china india russia they want a new swift version of payment because the 46 year old system that we use right now is just too old and inexpensive so xrp aka ripple might be the pioneer behind that which i, I talked to brian about this um 
not only that, but you know, there's also the future or the uh, FTX fund um, that the Chinese have created that introduce seven other Chinese ETM coins, um, you know, including um, um, NEO. So right now, China is slowly making its way to creating its own blockchain cryptocurrency. Of course, you have the, the U.S. markets, including the Wall Street Journal, saying that China is just doing that just to collect and control, you know, be centralized information. But the U.S. markets are doing it here right now, right? They're still trying to centralize Bitcoin, but the whole purpose, the, the, the genesis of Bitcoin is for a decentralized market, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, you don't want all these people's hands in the damn, in the damn pie, bro. Let the pie bake. Let the pie bake. Let, let it sit out to cool off, and that's it. You know? <laughs> My dog said, get so, your hand out the cookie jar. <laughs> that's what I'm saying, man. Like, it's a like, great, damn, bro. great scenario. So, it's a great comparison. Exactly. So, like, <laughs> so, so, yeah, that, that's that's what's happening with China right now. Um, it's just a lot of things that are, that are heating up right now. Um, I was actually just looking into the FT, FTX pair right now. Um it looks interesting. Obviously, I don't know anything about it. Um, so yeah, I don't know, Brandon, want to add anything to that? Uh, yeah, I had a um, a couple things. Um, right now, as far as you know, we look at the we look at the global economy and we look at um, what countries have the most potential have the most potential upside and which ones have still uh, potential to grow, and then which ones are basically tipped over and have or have and are becoming irrelevant so the eastern part of the world is up and coming you know what i'm saying you got developing countries like obviously africa has a lot of you know potential india has a lot of potential china's a, you know a powerhouse and so is russia when you look at the west you know what i'm saying you have europe you know london you know britain all that area they don't really do anything anymore you know what i'm saying like yeah, they were the Britain Empire, blah, blah, blah. But like now they're kind of like irrelevant. They don't do anything. They're just going off their old, you know, they're going off of what they used to do, or what they did before. America, same type of deal. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, since we're Americans, we feel that, you know, we're the shit and, you know, the world revolves around us. But as far as like what's going on, I mean, realistically, bro, if you if you go to your local Walmart, that is what America really looks like. You know what I'm saying? That that is the real citizen of America. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not what you see on social media. You know what I'm saying? It's not, you know, people are literally making, you know, under twenty dollars an hour, you know what I'm saying, on, on on the regular. But they have, you know, four kids. You know what I'm saying? They got all, you know, hella debt, stuff like that. Um and then when you look at, you know, on the eastern side, yeah, you have Mexico, you know, South America and Canada, but like you know, if this was a pickup basketball game, I would like the East. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> if we was about to get into a fight, I'd be on the East side, head ass. But, uh, <clears throat> and so going from there, when we look at our monetary system, right, our monetary system is what's kept America on top, you know, especially with our military. But we've been able to use our, our currency as a weapon. You know what I'm saying? Like you said before, two thirds of the world transacts in the dollar. So that's hella leverage. You know what I'm saying? We can kick you out of our we can kick you out of the system, right? If you don't act right, we can kick you out of the system. We can shut you off from the money supply. And country countries don't like that. You feel me? Like they're like, you know, at the end of the day, 
they've been waiting on a time to, you know, separate from the dollar. And now it appears that that time is now. Everybody else is on their shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, the reason why, you know, Europe and all of these other places and Germany and Russia and everybody else on the west end of the world or east end of the world were trying to catch up was because, you know, in the 40s and all that, you know, America was the shit, you know, as far as industrialization, military, militarily, you know what I'm saying? We was bombing everybody, you know what I'm saying? Like, we were the only country to survive the world wars you know what i'm saying like it was in germany's and europe's backyard you know what i'm saying even when we dropped the nuke over on you know hiroshima and all that you know we were in all those areas you know what i'm saying but like there's never been a war here you know thankfully but at the same time it's like so basically everybody was blown up and so we were the only ones that actually had like industries and shit like that so we basically had a head start but now, you know, with the Internet and things like that, we've leveled the playing field. And mm-hmm. to that stake, when you look at crypto, crypto has leveled. I think he froze. So now there's like a for everybody else. Wait, Brian, can you hear us? And um, you know, so, well, can you hear us? <laughs> 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 you you kind of grayed out the last couple uh, statements you just made. Yeah, that, that was. Hear us? That was... Damn. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. we, we heard most of it, but you you might have to just go over the last three statements. Of course, I will edit this, so don't worry about it. No, that was trying to listen it in. So. Damn. All right. Um. Fuck. I feel like I was on a roll. You were, but you, you, you were, but China wanted to listen in and see what we were talking about. So go ahead. Right. <laughs> All right. So with crypto right now, it's leveling the playing field. So basically everybody was trying to catch up to America. You know what I'm saying? You know, moon race, all that shit, wars. We were the only country and economy to be still booming after all these wars. You know what I'm saying? None of the wars were in our backyard. So we already had that head start. Secondly, you know, outside of military, the, the unit of account that we use for our currency, the dollar, is what everybody else uses. And so that's our money. And so we can kick people out of that system. And so now with crypto, that is the back door leveling the playing field. And so, um, you know, countries like Russia and China and everybody on the east, co- east side of the world are realizing that and adapting quicker than we are, right? So when we look at our, you know, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, you know, trying to make Libra. He just testified in court basically saying that if America doesn't innovate, you know, we'll be surpassed or left, you know, irrelevant. And that's a true statement because, you know, basically what's, what we've been doing to the world as far as kicking people out of the money flow and shit like that. So, and so when you look at it, you know, we, today, uh, October 30th, uh, Feds made another rate cut, right? We had a previous rate cut in, in August, and historically, six months after every interest rate cut, the U.S. has made a re- uh, the U.S. has made a recession follows. And so, October 29th, uh, Tokyo uh, just announced that uh, is it Tokyo, Hong Kong? Sorry, into the recession, mm-hmm. and so. 
you know, essentially, like I said before, if the, if the dollar is rat poison, you know what I'm saying, we're going to feel the effect last. But the dominoes are slowly falling into place. And so, I mean, as far as crypto and, and Bitcoin and things like that, I mean, right now, you know, China, as far as mining, they definitely have a stronghold on that. Like they're, 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 they're positioned right. So if this was a wave, you know what I'm saying? They're, they're about to fucking Raymundo that bitch. You feel me? They about to rocket power that, you know what I'm saying? Like they are <laughs> the cusp. Hey, <laughs> they the I did cusp not pick up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't pick up first of what you said, but. Definitely, Ray. I damn, I forgot about him. <laughs> damn, bro. Shit. Yeah, you know how that's for the you know say if you're '90s baby, you know what that means. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Strong points, bro. Strong points for sure. Um, anything to add to that, uh, Regis? Nah, man. He he pretty much hit the nail on the head, man. Definitely, definitely. I mean, um, I think we pretty much covered all the points that we wanted to get through uh, today. Um, uh, any anything else you guys want to add? Um, no, I got nothing. All right, and 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 again, I, I've at at the uh, TTM um, headquarters, we do try to provide you guys with the most accurate and uh, quality content. Um, so we're we're definitely hardworking uh, guys who are who are trying to figure things out together. You know, we got we got big things on the horizon. We're actually going to talk about those things after the podcast. So um, stay tuned uh, to future episodes and uh, stay tuned to some other things that we have uh, cooking up. All right, this is the Conscious Experience, guys. Uh, thanks for tuning in. <laughs>